I just wanted you to know. The following radio programs are original broadcasts. While enhancements have been made to the audio for clarity and listener enjoyment, no other edits or modifications have been made. The listener may hear advertisements and notices for tobacco products, alcohol, food, and or services that may no longer be available, nor are they endorsed by whose blind life is it anyway. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, good afternoon, everybody. This is Monica Jones, a.k.a. Pepsi Mama, here to uh, bring you the afternoon radio theater Sunday, like ice cream Sunday, S-U-N-D-A-E. And um, I hope you enjoy what I've put together for you. I'm, I'm doing today one of my very favorite uh, programs, and uh, maybe it's because it's the I'm the hick that I am, but uh, they were actually enjoyed by people who weren't hicks. So uh, today I bring you Lum and Abner, and I uh, hope you like what you hear. Uh, if you do, uh, leave a comment for us on Facebook, YouTube, wherever, or send us an email at Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday at gmail.com, and we'll get back to you. Um, joining me today is my co-geek, Victor Gouveia. He, no, I'm not uh, joining you. I'm sleeping again. Oh, he's asleep. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so we have that long in, intertwine where I can't get you today. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. Anyway, uh, Lum and Abner is, uh, it, it's a crazy show. And the, the thing I like about it that impresses me uh, is that both guys, um, what's his name? Uh, Locke, who plays Lum, I have to look back at my notes, I can't, and, and Norris Goff, who plays Abner, um, they went to college together in Arkansas. And they lived in a little town called Waters, Arkansas, and it later became named Pine Ridge after the show. So, um, but uh, at a later date, when they decided to go to a 30-minute broadcast, but the problem was um, there, there was just too much competition from uh, television and stuff that they, uh, uh, that it just didn't work out for them. And uh, then uh, uh, Chester Goss, he got sick, and uh, he recovered though, and they continued. But uh, they went into. Uh, they tried to get into television and none of the television stations would pick them up. So finally they just, uh, just kind of left the air, but they had comic strips and stuff as well. So, uh, and I don't know if you can find any of them today or not, but, uh, I think guys, what impressed me the most was it's just two guys making all, yeah, doing all the voices. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Thanks. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, you had uh, uh, the guy who played Lum Edwards, as he called himself. 
his name on the show was Columbus Edwards, but he got mad if Lum used his name, Columbus. He was Lum. <laughs> and uh, so, but but the thing about Lum and Abner was, you know, Lum, he, he tried to uh, break away from Abner. I mean, or Abner tried to break away from Lum's influence just a little bit. And because Lum always wanted to be the head of everything, and uh, so and he so he took he took advantage of Abner not having quite a lot upstairs. Of course, he didn't have much either, but he had just a little bit more on the ball than poor Abner. <laughs> and uh, you'll notice too that um, you don't see any women on the shows uh now they refer women are are referenced like abner's wife and daughter they talk about her a lot and uh and you'll hear once in a while you'll hear abner say he got in trouble with elizabeth this morning and <laughs> and they'll talk about it for a minute but you don't ever see any of the women coming in but uh i hope y'all like this as much as i do and uh we're I feel like I'm leaving. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you... Um, did I tell you how you could listen to us? Uh, you can listen to us yeah, live. Oh, okay. If you if you don't listen to us live, you can always reach us on most any podcast player. The only one that I know of that doesn't carry us is Audible. But um, it's the afternoon radio theater Sunday, like ice cream Sunday. So uh, you should be able to find it if you can't listen to us live. Uh, anyway, uh, the first four that we're going to do, uh, I'm letting, uh, we're doing them right together because they're so related. They're all related to, to Squire Skimp. Uh, and he's the one that always gets them in trouble. And like uh, Lum and Abner selling oil well, that's the first one. Uh, he, Squire Skimp, he's the president of the oil well. Except that the guys don't know that when they get it. Squire receives a visit from Southern. And then the oil boom is over. So we're going to play all four of those and uh, before I start yakking again. And... Um, well, y'all enjoy. Tell me what you think. Leave some comments. Tell me yay, nay, or go jump in the lake or whatever. <laughs>
Howdy, everybody. Here we are, all ready to take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner. Brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. Folks, when you go downtown shopping, or when motoring, or hunting, take a flask of Horlicks malted milk tablets along with you. There's nothing like them for helping ward off fatigue or hunger. When you begin to feel tired or feel hungry, just dissolve a few of these delicious tablets in your mouth. They'll nourish you while you work, keep you going at top speed when you aren't able to eat on time. Children love Horlick's malted milk tablets. They can easily carry a supply to school with them. You can get Horlick's malted milk tablets, you know, in either natural or chocolate flavor. Either in the small, conveniently carried 10-cent size flask, or in larger sizes. And now, let's get ready for Lum and Abner. Well, yesterday, a Mr. Carter, representing the Southwest Oil Company, arrived in Pine Ridge to negotiate for the oil well that Lum and Abner recently drilled. He seemed very much interested in buying their holdings. And as we left them last night, Mr. Carter and Lum were in conference over the matter. As we look in on our old friends today... We find Lum and Abner down at their newly completed office. Evidently, an agreement has been reached, but the deal hasn't been closed. Listen. Now, what is it that he's going to give us besides that uh, $3,000, Lum? Uh, royalty. You, you mean he's going to make a king out of you? No, royalty in the oil business, Abner, means that we'll get so much on every barrel of oil they get off of that land over there. Uh-huh. We get $3,000 cash money and 10 cents on every barrel it's sold. Yeah, well, out of heat, brother, Lom, we just sold a whole shebang for cash to start with and get out of all business. Well, we'll be out of it. We won't have a thing to do with it. We won't have no say-so or nothing. All we've got to do is sit back and get a check from them every month or whatever is coming to us without even turning a hand. Well, uh, how much are we going to get every month, though? Well, that depends on how much oil they get. Yeah. They're going to clean the well we dug out good and put casings and stuff. Put what in it? Casings. Uh, you mean automobile casings? No, cars? No, no, no. I don't know what it is, but that's what he said. I know it ain't automobile casings, though. Yeah. Says he believes it'll run two or three thousand barrels a day, then. Well, how much will that come to for us? Well, if it runs two thousand barrels a day, and he says it'll do that easy... That'll be uh, $200 a day we'll make out of it. $200 a day? That's what he says. And on top of that, they're going to drill some more wells over there. They're just going to drill all over that five acres. We'll get 10 cents on every barrel that's pumped out of there regardless. Okay, that does sound pretty good, don't it? It sounded awful good to me. (laughs) If they drill five more wells over there, say, and they're as big as that and we got over there now, that'll be uh, $1,200 a day we'll get out of it. Well, $400. $400 a piece for me and you and Grandpapa. Doesn't figure that up. For the land sake. And we don't even have to be here. We can go off and vacate ourselves, go anywhere. Yeah. Just let them know where to send a check to, and here it'll come every month. <laughs> That's what I call making your brain work for you. Yeah, well, now, that's sounding better, all right. Yeah. When you said that all the cash we got out of it was $3,000, well, <laughs> I thought you'd let him give you a skinny. <laughs> me? Don't yeah. you ever worry about nobody giving me a skinny. I bet old Grandpapa be tickled. <laughs> he didn't much want to sign that agreement just to give you full authority to sell a company. <laughs> no, I can tell that. No, no, he didn't. But that fellow Carter said that's the only way he'd do business. Yeah. He told me he's just working for the Southwest Oil Company. He don't own none of it. He don't, huh? No. He's just representing the president. That's what I ought to get, you know, somebody to represent. 
That's right. I ain't prayed in nothing now. <laughs> I'm a retard capsule. Well, I don't know what I am, but I'm through working. I know that. I've hit my last tap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't aim to ever turn another hand long as I live. No. You see that piece of paper there on the floor, Evan? Yeah. I wouldn't even put myself to the bother of bending over and picking that thing up for $10. <laughs> That's just how dependent I am. <laughs> I wouldn't pick it up for $100. That's right. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Uh-huh. Uh, what is it? Oh, just a scrap of paper somewhere. No. No, I said paper. I figure out how much money we're going to make on here. I'll All show right. that to you. Here. He's going to show you. If they drill a hundred wells over there, I've got it up to a thousand, but if they drill a hundred wells over there and get 2,000 barrels out of every one of them, that's 200,000 barrels, and we get 10 cents a barrel. For the land thing. And that cup. No, I never finished that. Oh, that's too much bother anyhow. Have a cigar, Emma. <laughs> we can smoke these things all we want to. <laughs> yeah, Lord, we can take life easy now, huh? Just sit around and. Eat and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so, that reminds me, too. I'm going to hire somebody to do the cooking over at the place while Elizabeth is gone. I'm just about half starved myself to death here lately. <laughs> Trying to cook my own grub and, and eat it. <laughs> I ain't going to hire no cook. I'm going to start eating down to the hotel. At the hotel? Yeah. Don't get I'm just a good mind to do that with you, Long. All right, now we might start eating over at Sister Simpson's. I believe she sets a better board. Yeah. It's a good idea. I never thought about that. Evelina eats there, too. Yeah, well, now, that will be nice for you. Just sit there and eat and spark Evelina. Yeah, why didn't I think about that before? Yeah. And I believe I'll just call Sister Simpson up and tell her we'll be over there for supper. Yeah, that's the time. Just telephone her up. Tell her to have some fried chicken, hot biscuits, black-eyed peas, gravy, mashed potatoes. I'll fix this up. Oh, I'm hungry. Hello? I could eat more. Sister Simpson? Uh, this is Lum Edwards. Yes, Mom. Uh, what are you going to have for supper tonight? As to what kind of pie she's going to have, Mom, I do. Well, pie. it is some of my business. I ain't getting inquisitive. Uh, me and Abner sort of thinking about coming over and eating with you tonight. Yeah, think about it. I'm coming. I'll be there. Yes, Mom. Sure, we aim to pay for it. <laughs> Spare ribs and backbone and fish, huh? Fish. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, me and Abner is coming over there to eat tonight, then. Yes, Ma. Tell her to have lots of it. And, Sister Simpson, I just wonder if you couldn't sort of put me and Abner and Evelina over to the table by ourselves. Listen, I tell you, want to get close to Evelina. Yes, Ma. One of them big tables if you still got some of them. Stack it high. Put sideboards on it. All right. Yes, Ma. I know. Six o'clock. Yes, Ma. All right. Goodbye. And you never asked her what she charges, Mom. I don't care what she charges. I'll get my money's worth. <laughs> Hungry as I am now. <laughs> we don't have to worry about expenses now, no way. Oh, no, Lord. I don't care if she charges 50 cents. I feel like celebrating. Yeah. I might take Evelina into the county seat to a picture show tonight, too. Yeah, I'll go with you. Wait till she hears about this deal. Yeah, somebody at the door, there, Mom. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. Carter's back with them papers. Yeah, yeah. Come in, come in. Well, howdy, Dick. Oh, come in, Dick. Yeah. I just run over and see if you'd made a deal with that fellow on the oil well yet. Well, we made a deal, Dick, but we ain't closed it yet. Oh, I made a deal with him to where none of us will ever have to do another day's work. Yeah, sure did. I got a $3,000 in cash and a royalty of 10 cents a barrel on all the oil they get out of the ground over there. And they're going to drill a hundred more wells. Well, we don't know just how many they're going to drill that. 
How does that sound, Dave? Well, all right, Lum. I don't know what you made a good deal. Of course, it'll depend on how much oil you get out of that well. Yeah. Well, he says he believes when they get their well cleaned out good, it'll run at least 2,000 barrels a day. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. There must be a lot of it there. You wouldn't have struck it that close to the top of the ground. Well, that's no, what I'm thinking. Yes, sir, don't know what you made a good deal, Lum. Uh, what's holding it up? You said you hadn't closed it yet. Oh, I've got their deed all made out to them, laying right here, but I want them to sign a paper relieving us of any responsibilities in the company. Yeah. Sort of like that when Squire Skimp made her sign when we bought that land off of him a while back. Yeah. Fact is, I copied it right off of that and Squire got us to sign. You've seen it. We agreed to assume all the debts and obligations heretofore and here and after made by the Pine Ridge Oil Company and stuff like that. Uh, you mean uh, that they're going to pay for all those barrels and the drilling of the well and all that? No, thing? no, we'll have to pay for that. But uh, if anything comes up later that we don't know about now, they can't hold us responsibility. To yeah, well, that's, that's a good idea, Lum. That's good business. Uh, when's he going to know about it? Well, he said he'd uh, have to get authority before he could make a deal like that. I reckon he had to telephone the Southwest Oil Company about it. Yeah, I see well, you fellas are mighty lucky, and I'm glad for you, too. Well, thank you, Dick. I just wish you'd have been in with us on it. Love to see you get rich, too. <laughs> well, I'm sorry now I didn't go in with you when you fellas gave me a chance, Mom, but I can't blame anybody but myself. But now if this boom keeps on, well, I'm making pretty good money down there at my store well, now. Well, that's good. Hey, we'll do our trading down there from here out, Dick. Won't argue about the price, neither. Wait, oh. wait, wait a minute. Somebody at the door. Come in. Well, back already. Yeah, come in, Mr. Carter. Yes, I think we're all ready to close the deal now, gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Carter, shake hands with Dick Huddleston. How do you do, Mr. Huddleston? Glad to know you. I'm glad to know you, Mr. Carter. Well, you gentlemen won't talk business. I'll get on out of here. Though. No, that's all right, Dick. Deal's all made. Well, I've got to get back to the store anyway, Lum. I'll see you after a while. Right? All right, Dick. Yeah, here, sit down, Mr. Carter. Take yes, thank you. You say uh, that was all right with him to sign the agreement? Yeah. Yes, no trouble at all. And if you have the deed ready, I'm ready to turn the draft over to you now. Well, give it time, Bob. Yeah, here's the deed all made out. That's yours. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's the royalty contract where we agree to pay you gentlemen ten cents on every barrel of oil produced on that particular five acres. Yeah. And here's the draft for $3,000. That's what I want to see. Now, that uh, agreement relieving us of any responsibility. Yes, here it is, all signed by the president of our company. Signed? Now, Granny's, how'd you get it signed so quick? Yeah. Well, the president of our company lives right here in Pine Ridge. Why, I thought the Southwest Oil Company was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. No, no, I'm from Tulsa, but the company's here in Pine Ridge. Mr. M.K. Skimp is our president. Maybe you gentlemen know him. M.K. Skimp? Well, I'll be dead blamed. That's Squire Skimp. <laughs> well, what do you know about that? If Squire Skimp can't get a thing one way, he will another. And now, folks, let's pay a short visit to the Barker home. As we look in on the scene, we find Mrs. Barker at the telephone talking to her husband. Jim, I'm sorry to disturb you, dear, but I've got some great news for you. Your dad and mother are in town. Yes, they are. Came in unexpectedly this morning. Your dad's on his way up to the house now. He'll be here any minute. Isn't it grand? They may go back tonight, but they'll be here for dinner. There's the front doorbell. That's probably dad now. Hurry home tonight, won't you, dear? Goodbye. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. <laughs> Not half as glad as I am to see you. How are you? Just fine. Here, let me take your drink. Oh, just leave them on the chair. Did I surprise you? You certainly did. What are you two doing up in this part of the country? Oh, well, I had to come up on business. Thought I'd drop in and pay you and Jim a visit. Am I welcome? You bet you are. <laughs> this is a real treat. How's that fine baby granddaughter of mine? Oh, just splendid. I was quite worried for a time, you know. Her food didn't seem to agree with her at all. 
when I called in our family doctor, and he recommended Horlick's malted milk. And from the very first feeding, the baby started the game, and our problem was solved. You did just the right thing, my dear. Do you know we've always felt that it's Horlick's that saved your husband's life when he was a baby? He'd been losing weight steadily, and finally was so thin, we feared we were going to lose him. Then our doctor recommended that we try a weak solution of Horlick's malted milk. Say, we were happy beyond words when we found that little boy began to perk up at once. It wasn't long then until we had a normal, healthy baby again. No wonder that I feel you're giving your little girl a good start in following her daddy's example. And, folks, there are thousands of families who have had similar experiences with Horlick's malted milk. Horlick's is a wonderfully nourishing infant food. And the easy digestibility of Horlick's makes it a food that delicate and tiny stomachs can easily handle. For youngsters, too, Horlicks is a great food drink. It will help your children to develop sturdy, healthy bodies, sound bones, and good teeth. This is Carlton Brickert, speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlicks, who now bid you all good night and good health. We'll be with you all again Monday night at this same time. to take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner, brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. Because it is so nourishing and energy-giving, and because it is so easy to digest, a glass of Horlicks malted milk is a fine noonday luncheon. Delicious and refreshing, Horlicks at noon will keep you alert later. It won't leave you feeling drowsy as a heavy meal so often does. And here's another thing about the Horlicks luncheon. It doesn't have the excess of calories that a heavy meal has. That's why it's such a fine weight control lunch for overweight people. You can make a glass full of Horlicks quickly and easily, either at home or at your work. Mixed with water alone, Horlicks is an easily digested, energy-giving drink. Use sufficient of the powder and mix well to bring out the delicious flavor and aroma. You needn't add any flavoring or any raw milk unless you desire it. Try the Horlick luncheon tomorrow noon. You can get Horlicks, you know, in either natural or chocolate flavor. And now, let's get ready for Lum and Abner. Well, the Pine Ridge Oil Company is no more. Lum and Abner and Grandpappy Spears sold their holdings to the Southwest Oil Company for $3,000 cash and a royalty of 10 cents per barrel on all the oil produced on the property. Well, after the deal was completed, they found that they had been the victims of another of Squire Skimp's schemes, as the squire himself is the president of the Southwest Oil Company. And the Mr. Carter, with whom they were dealing, was only one of his henchmen. <laughs> well, as we look in on Pine Ridge today, Squire Skimp has already taken full charge of the oil business. 
And so we find Lum and Abner over at Lum's house explaining the transaction to their old friend, Dick Huddleston. No, I don't believe there's any way for you to make him trade back. You've already delivered the deed to him. Yeah, but we give him the deed before we found out Squire was the president of the company. Yeah, we thought the Southwest Oil Company was the outfit in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, that telegram we got saying for us not to sell our property till they represent gotcha, that was from Tulsa. Oh, yeah, yeah. this feller Carter's had come down here and made the deal with us. Uh, he's from Tulsa. Yeah, it's it. Squire just hired him to come out here and make the deal because he knows we wouldn't sell it to him. Yeah, well, I wouldn't worry about it, fellas. Doesn't make any difference who owns it. You got the $3,000 that he paid you in cash, and if you get your 10 cents a barrel of royalty, well, you'll make just as much out of it this way as you would if you'd sold it to anybody else. Yeah, if we get the royalty. Yeah. That's what I'm feared of with Squire Skimper handling me. I wouldn't trust that fella no further than I can go to find. Man, we'll just have to sit over there by the oil well, and every time they haul a barrel of oil off the place, just put it down on a little book. Yeah, we can keep up with it that way, all right. Well, the thing to do is just have an auditor go in there once a month. Yeah, I could do that. Huh? Have a who go in there once a month? An auditor. What's that? What's that? <laughs> Ain't you never rode on a train, Abner? You don't mean to say you're going to run a train in there once a month. Oh, Abner, an uh, auditor. Only we ain't going to run him in there. Yeah, a fellow goes in there and audits the books once a month, Abner. Yeah, a fellow goes in there and audits the books once a month, Abner. Er, yeah. Sees that they're keeping things right. Yeah, sees that they're keeping things right. Tells them they ought to do this and they ought to do that. An auditor. That's a good idea. I'm glad I thought of that. That's a heap better than having to sit over and count every barrel at the hall. I've been wondering how I could vacate myself and sit over there and count them barrels at the same time. Well, now, if you just want to lay around and rest, why, you could get yourself a hammock and just sort of lay over and rest and count barrels, too, huh? <laughs> yeah, and I'd about get to count them barrels and count myself right off to sleep. <laughs> like counting sheep. Yeah. <laughs> you squared that four or five hundred barrels slip by me for an old yeah. Well, of course, you could hire somebody to keep you awake. Well, me, if I was going to hire somebody to keep me awake, might as well have them count the barrels. Yeah. Well, sure, that's the thing to do. <laughs> Just let them count the barrels, and then you can lay there in a the hammock and sleep all day. Vacate yourself. Yeah, it'd be a fine vacation. <laughs> it'd be a lot of fun. Lay out in a hammock all day by oil well right here in the dead of winter and try to sleep. Well, of course, everybody to their own notion. I know I wouldn't enjoy it, but if you want to do it, well, it ain't no business of mine. But I'll tell you now, Lom, I'd be awful careful about who you get to count them barrels. First thing you know, he'll about count himself off to sleep, too. Oh, for goodness <laughs> sake. Of course, you could hire somebody to keep him away, but uh, if you start that, it just ain't no stopping place. He'd have to get somebody to keep him away, and he'd have well, to get somebody Abner, to keep him away. Abner, don't worry about it. Dick <laughs> just said we wouldn't have to count them ourselves. We'll get a... Get a... What'd you call them things, Dick? Train. <laughs> auditors, Abner. Oh, well, I know there's train in there someplace. Abner, auditors, works on trains. You saw them going up and down the aisles. Got their names rolled right on them, up there on their cap. Oh, you mean the fella that runs the store there on the train? <laughs> Does what, Abner? Runs the store. You know, sells soda pops and peanuts and apples and postcards and all that stuff. <laughs> News butchers <laughs> is what he means, Dick. Come on, Abner. Auditor tells the engineer what he ought to do and what he ought not to do. Tells him when to stop and stuff like that. Well, the uh, kind of an auditor I'm talking about, though, is an accountant, Lom. Expert accountant, bookkeeper. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, which? Which what? Which one of them are we going to get? I believe we better have the bookkeeper, Dick. 
That way I can help him. Well, it'll cost you a little something, but it'll be money well spent, especially with Squire Skimp in there. They drilled some more wells over there, like you say. Well, you fellas have a nice income off that property. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. me and Abner and Grand is dependent for the rest of our lives. Yeah, right? yeah. I'd have just drug her to be somebody else besides Squire Skimp we were going to have to deal with, that is, if I was having my drugs. Oh, well, if you keep a close watch on him, Lum, it'll turn out all right. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, what makes me so dead blame mad letting him put it over on us that way? Looks like every way we turn, we get mixed up with Squire Skimp and fight all we can do. Yeah, I'm sure glad we made him sign that agreement saying they'd resume all the responsibilities of the company. <laughs> if he bankrupts the thing or something like that, I don't want him coming back to us for part of the money. Yeah, well, it's a good thing to have him sign that all right. And yonder comes Grandpap up out there now, Lom. Just coming through the gate. Yeah, yeah, well, we can go ahead with the meeting. Now. Well, you fellas be wanting to talk business. I better get on back over there. Oh, don't, no, don't rush off, Dick. We ain't going to talk no secrets. No. I just thought we better have a meeting of the stockholders and figure out how much we owe and then divide the rest of the $3,000 up quick. Yeah, I'm anxious to get my part of that, too. Send for Elizabeth and Pearl. We've been so hard pushed for cash, I just had to... Leave them down there in Texas, leaving their relays till we could get some money out of this oil well. I bet you're getting pretty lonesome for them, too, aren't they, Abner? Oh, my, yes. I've just been going around like a chicken with his head cut off. Well, uh, you fellas now are going to have a lot of time to loaf now. You sold your oil well and everything. Why, come down there in the store and see me. Come in, Grandpa. Yeah, honey, man, honey. <laughs> Hello, Grandpa. Yeah, how are you, Richard? Well, all right, fine. Lum and Abner just tell me about the deal he made. Yeah, yeah, pretty good trade Lum made, I think. Yeah, sure was. Well, I'll see you later then. Yeah. Come on. Sit down, Grandpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scat, scat, get out of there. Yeah, let Grandpa have the chair there, Geraldine. You better get on back there and see them kittens of yours. They'll be getting lonesome for you. Jump down. There's your sulfur milk sitting under the safe back there in the kitchen for you. I swan, love, you talk to that cat just like she was a human. <laughs> oh, she's smart as most humans. <laughs> Understands anything, I tell her. <laughs> well, we better get the meeting started, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, let's get it over with. I've never seen no use to have a meeting, no way. Why, of course not. Well, uh, meeting is called order, then. Secretary, I'll read the minutes of the Now, last... Lum, let's don't get into all that stuff. Let's get the meeting over with. All right, well, we got to have a treasury report. Uh, who is the treasury? That's right. Well, we got all the bills here. I can read them. Yeah, go ahead. How much do they come to, Ron? What what they all amount to? Well, I ain't figured them up yet. Uh, Grandpap, take that pencil paper there and set these figures down when I call them out. We got to add them up. All right, let's have them now. Well, uh, first, I think we ought to stand and give a rising vote of thanks to the chairman of the board for making such an uncommonly good deal for us. Oh, Lom, we'll be here all night to start that kind of stuff. Let's get that money divided up. Well, Abner, we can't just jump right out in the middle of it. One, well, I've never seen a feller as missionary over money as you are in my life. Money ain't everything, you know. Well, maybe not, but it comes mighty close to being, I'll say that. All right, I'll stand up and give a rising vote of thanks myself. The harp strings of memory strikes a tender chord as I stand here. Now, Lom, you don't check that up. Now, me and Grandpa both is going to get right up and walk right out of here right now. All right. You don't want things run the way they ought to be. We'll just illuminate that part of it. Well, let's get started. Here's the figures, Grandpa. You put them down. It's all day here over nothing. Lumber for building the office and the derrick on the oil well, uh... 
$373. And while I'm on my feet, I might mention that I happen to know that the chairman of the board talked Walter Bates down $5 on that bill. And don't anybody never know it. It don't sound like it's been cut down on. Quit interrupting, Abner. Yeah, let Lum get done. Go ahead. Uh, Caleb Wee Hunt for drilling the well, uh, $50. Yeah, that's right. And he's worked every day since then. Fact is, he's worked night and day. Uh, his time runs to, uh, $96. Uh-huh. And Cedric's time runs to, uh, $34. Too much for Cedric. Now, here's a bill for, uh, all the barrels that, uh, we bought in there at the county seat. Yeah, put the oil in over at, uh, a hardware company. 456 barrels at, uh, $3.70 apiece. Comes to $1,687.20. For the land sake. Well, Abner, we had to have them. I don't care. It's too much money. Furniture for their new office, uh, $265. That's all for you, too. I aim to take that back after we sold out, but Squire claims it went with the deal. Why, of course he would. Yeah, depend on him. Now, here's a bill from Dick Huddleston for $40. That's $40? For the... Well, that's for that wire to fence off the ground over there. Keep folks away from the well. Oh, oh yeah, that's money well. And uh, here's a Caleb turned in a statement of the labor charges over there for the crew. And uh, he says they're getting impatient, wanting their money, too. That's right. The whole thing mounts to $492.80. Yeah. That's all of it. Add that up, Grandpap. I think that covers everything. We can all three go into the bank tomorrow and cash this check and pay off these bills and then divide what's left up three ways quick. Yeah, that's the thing to do. And then I can go right straight to the post office and send Elizabeth a money order and get her and Pearl back home. Well, man, that totals uh, $3,030. 3000 Huh? Wait a minute. Let me look at that. According to that, we owe $10 a piece. Undoubtedly, must be some mistake about that. <laughs> Well, so far, it looks like everybody in Pine Ridge has benefited by the discovery of that oil well, except the members of the Pine Ridge Oil Company. Mr. and Mrs. Baldwin have spent the evening visiting friends. They're on their way home now. Let's listen to them as they walk along talking. Did you have a nice time, Tom? Oh, fine. The fishes are lots of fun, aren't they? You bet, Mr. Fisher, especially. Oh, Bert's kind of a bore, always talking about himself. Uh-huh. Seems to me you were doing a bit of that yourself tonight. Who, me? <laughs> I didn't have a chance. Every time I started, Bert interrupted me. I think Bert's very interesting, much more so than Martha Fisher. Bert, interesting? <laughs> That's funny. Well, I had a nice time anyway. Well, I didn't say I didn't have a nice time. I just said that I get kind of tired listening to Bert. You know, Mrs. Fisher's certainly a real hostess. Wasn't that Harley's delicious? The best malted milk I've ever tasted. You're not going to give Martha credit for that, are you? Well, why not? She mixed up that glass of Horlicks, didn't she? Horlicks is always delicious, no matter who mixes it. I could do every bit as well as Martha Fisher. Oh, so that's it, huh? You women certainly are a jealous lot. Nonsense. But I don't want to see Martha Fisher get credit for something that the makers of Horlicks are responsible for. Well, I'm willing to be convinced, but you'll have to prove it to me, though. I'll tell you what you do. Have a big glass of Horlicks waiting for me when I get home from the office tomorrow, and then I'll let you know if it's as good as that that we had at Fisher's tonight. And listen, get a big package of Horlicks. And we'll always have it on hand to serve to folks that we're entertaining. You know, everybody likes Horlicks, and that's a mighty fine late evening drink. Because it won't keep you awake later, as so many beverages do. And there's a mighty good point, folks. One reason why Horlicks is such a wonderful drink to serve in the evening. Far from keeping you awake later, Horlicks, before going to bed, relaxes and soothes. Helps you to fall asleep easily and quickly. And Horlicks is such a delicious, refreshing drink. As Tom Baldwin said, everybody loves Horlicks malted milk. You can get Horlicks, you know, in either natural or chocolate flavor. This is Carlton Bricker, speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlicks.
who bid you all good night and good health. to take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner. Brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. The rich, full flavor of Horlicks malted milk is one that you will never grow tired of. Horlicks is always a delicious drink, always refreshing and invigorating. It's a nourishing and energy-giving drink, too. A fine food drink for both children and adults. Horlicks malted milk, you know, is rich in vitamins and minerals, that help children develop healthy, sturdy bodies, sound bones and teeth. Those vitamins and minerals are carefully preserved by Horlick's method of vacuum processing the rich, full cream milk and fine wheat and malted barley used in making Horlick's malted milk. But beware of cheap imitations of Horlick's, the original and genuine. Always ask for it by name and refuse to accept a substitute. Horlick's malted milk can be purchased in both natural and chocolate flavors. And now, let's get ready for Lum and Abner. Well, you know Lum and Abner and Grandpappy Spears have sold the Pine Ridge Oil Company's holdings to the Southwest Oil Company for $3,000 in cash and a royalty of 10 cents per barrel on all of the oil produced on the property hereafter. Well, after the deal was completed, they found that Squire Skimp is the president of the new company and that they had been tricked into selling him their interest. They also learned that the $3,000 lacked $30 of paying off all of their indebtedness. And as we look in on Pine Ridge today, we find Lum just entering Abner's house upon his return from the county seat to settle off all their bills. Listen. Well, come in, Lum, come in. Did you just get back? Yeah, let me get here to the fire. I'll have free. Yeah, it's cold, yeah. It's cold out today, especially riding in that open car with the mail carrier. I don't see why he don't get himself a suit in. Uh, did you get the check cashed all right? Yeah, yeah. Deposited in there at the bank. Opened up an account and checked right down there and mailed everybody we owed a check. That's what's taking me so long. Yeah, well, fine, fine. Well, we don't know what's old now. No. Ever since we get out of the royalties on the oil now, it'll be velvet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. See what? Velvet. Uh, clear profit. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a relief to get everybody all paid. Yeah, there was a fellow over here looking for you about an hour ago, but he weren't looking for you. He was looking for me, but he weren't looking for me. Yeah, he, he thought he was, but he wasn't. He was looking for the head of the oil company. He, he never knows we'd sold out. Hmm. More than likely some big oil man wanting to buy some oil. 
Well, he's just wasting his time. I'll tell him that. Squire Skimp's done sold all that oil we had in them barrels over there. Well, he weren't in oil business. He said he was with the Southern Pipeline Company, whatever that is. Yeah, that's the oil business, too. I reckon he's wanting to see us about putting a pipeline into this well out here. Now, what would he want to put a pipeline in there for? Having a pipeline is what they use to get the oil from the well to the refineries with. Uh, what's a refiner? Uh, they've got to run it through the refinery before they can sell it. Oh, oh. See, there ain't a railroad out here. They can haul it over, so they run a pipe under the ground from the well to the refinery and just pump it through there. <laughs> well, that's a good idea. I reckon who started that out? Well, they've been doing that for years. Uh-huh. Yeah, they've got pipelines running all over the country. Well. I reckon that's what that fellow wanted to see me about. Get me to let them run a pipeline from here to the refinery and sell them our oil. Yeah, well, he never said, and I never asked him, I... Busy popping some popcorn here in the fireplace at the time and had to get back to it before it burnt. I just told him that we weren't in oil business no more. Squire Skimp was the man he wanted to see and just shut the door in his face. Well, I'm sorry I missed him. I'd love to talk with him, yeah. give him my views on the oil business. You say you was uh, popping some popcorn? Yeah, yeah, here, help yourself. No, 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 I wouldn't care for none of it. Oh, go ahead, help yourself. I've had all I can hold. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't much of a hand for popcorn. Might try a sprinkling of it. That is, if you had all you want. Yeah, sure. Help yourself. <laughs> I just got so hungry sitting around here today, I had to fix up something to eat. <laughs> well, sir, it's right funny about folks' taste. Some folks like one thing and some like something else. Yeah. Me, I never cared for popcorn. Just weren't turned that way. Uh, Mom, I just wondering. Uh, I reckon, uh, could you sort of, sort of, uh, spare me a... <laughs> A quarter. Quarter? Yeah, two bits, yeah. I just about run out of something to cook up over here, and I, I thought if you could uh, sort of lend me a quarter, why, I, I, I'd just go over to Sister Sampson's and eat supper over there tonight. Well, I do know. <laughs> What's the matter? Well, it's it, it sort of funny, that's all. It's funny? It, yeah, that's what I come by here for, to see if you had any change on you. Well, <laughs> no, I... Ain't about a nickel. I'll yeah. <laughs> give you the last cent I had when I paid you that $10 yesterday to take care of what we owed on the wall. Well, I never had the $10 myself. I had to take some chickens and eggs into the county seat this morning and sell them to raise my part of it. Well, now, that's a fine how to do, ain't it? Two richest men in Pine Ridge ain't got enough money to eat on. Oh, well, I wouldn't worry. When them royalty starts coming in off of that oil, well, we'll have more money than we know what to do with. Yeah, but what we going to do till we get that? I'm hungry. Well, what about me? I ain't even had no dinner. I was in there at the county seat and never even had enough to go buy a bowl of soup with. Well. Hand me that bowl of popcorn there again. <laughs> Ordinary, I don't care for this stuff, but I see right now I better can get hungry enough to eat anything. <laughs> it's no good when we do get that money. I'm just going to go someplace and buy me a restaurant and sit down right there at the counter and eat the thing up. Yeah, I seen a fella in there at the county seat standing right smack in the window cooking pancakes this morning. Yeah, I saw him. Flipping them way up in the air and all that stuff. Just yeah. showing off. I granny's I could have div right through that plate glass window and fit him for a stack of them. They to let them cook stuff in the windows that way. We folks is hungry and watch them. It's cruel. Well, you didn't have to stand there. <laughs> you could have walked off. If ever I own a restaurant, I'm going to paint the windows black. Ain't no use to make nobody suffer that way. And I wish we'd quit talking about eating. I'd love to get my mind off of it if I can. I was just thinking, Abner, Squire Skimp sold that oil over there, you see. We might could go over there and get him to pay us a royalties on it this afternoon. Yeah, yeah, Squire will do it. 
We about like him to refuse to let us have it. There ain't no reason why he oughtn't to. He'll have to pay us anyway the first of the month. But if he knowed we wanted it, he more than likely wouldn't let us have it. Oh, that dad blamed old skin plant be just let's do him good to see me and you go hungry. Still, if he never knowed we was needing it so bad, why well, he might let us have it. I don't know. I don't believe we can count on getting it there. I don't want to ask no favors off of Squire Skin. I don't want to get mixed up with him no more than I have to. Money he's owing us, too. Why, sure, it's our money. And here he is refusing to let us have it. Why, the dead I brain... hate him to pieces. That's friendship for you. As long as we've known him, supposed to be friends, and then refusing to pay us when we got what we got coming to us. I'm just a good uh, wait, man. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Long. Yonder he comes right now. Look out the window there. Yeah. <laughs> Swan, he's got a lot of nerve coming over here after pulling a stunt like that. Hi, Grannies, I'm going to tell him about it, too. I'm going to jump him the minute he comes in that door, and if I don't well, wait, tell him... wait, wait, him now. We ain't even asking for it yet. No, that's what I say. The very idea of him refusing to let us have it when we ain't even... Ha- huh? I say we ain't even asking to let us have it yet. Oh, that's right, man. Well, he... Huh? Nothing. Just, just let it go. We just act like nothing ain't happened. Treat him just like we're as good a friends as ever. Don't let him know we're mad. No, no, no. <laughs> Tell you the truth, I, I don't know yet what we're so mad about. Well, you don't aim to sit back and let him... Tri- ah, that's right. Yeah. Just let it go. Best thing to do is forget it. Forgive and forget. Or forget anyway. Yeah. But there he is. There he is. Come in, Squire. Come in. Well, howdy, Squire. Well, uh, how are you gentlemen today? Well, all right now. It's a good thing you never got your head yourself, Squire. Long was just about Shut in. up, Ed. Uh, well, uh, gentlemen, I might as well get right down to business. Uh, I'm kind of a hurry. I've been hearing a little talk around that you gentlemen ain't altogether satisfied with the deal we made the other day. Well, we ain't tickled to death over it. No. In the first place, we never knowed you was the one that was buying it, or we wouldn't have sold it to you. In the second place, we never got enough cash out of it to pay off all we owed for drilling the well and building that office. And in the third place, we're both broke and ain't got nothing to eat on well, now, I heard that you dissatisfied with the deal, and that's what I come over to see you about. You know, we've all been friends for so long that I don't want it said that Squire Skimp would take advantage of nobody. Well, I reckon it's too late now, Squire. The deal's done closed. The fact is, we've done cashed the check you give us and spent the money. Well, now, that's all right about that now. If you fellas had to all well, why, it wouldn't take you very long to pay me that money back, tell you. T- tell you what I- I'm willing to do, men. Just to show you that I want to do the right thing. If you'll give me back that agreement that I signed where I agreed to assume any obligations of the company, I'll give you the well and the property back and give you a little time on paying me back the $3,000. You, you mean just swap back with it? Well, yes, yes. I'm losing heavy by doing it, but uh, I'd rather have it that way than to have you gentlemen think for one minute that Squire Skimp ain't a true and loyal friend. Well, I'll sworn to goodness. Yeah, I will, too. I'll have to admit, I had you figured out all wrong, Squire. Why, that, that's the nicest thing I ever had anybody over to do for me. And that's true friendship, if ever I've seen it. Yeah, if you hear anything I said about you, Squire, well, I never said it. Or I, I never meant it. Yeah, that's the generousest thing I ever heard of. Yes, it is. But we couldn't do it, Squire. I just couldn't bear to let you make that sacrifice. We made the deal, and if we got skinned, it was our own fault. Now, uh, we just couldn't let you do that. Well, now, man, I insist on it. I, I want to do that for you. I just wouldn't feel right if I never. Now, just give me back that agreement that I signed, and, uh, well, you won't even have to pay me the $3,000 back. No, Squire, that's nice of you, though, but we just wouldn't feel right about it. Somebody at the door there. 
Come in. Well, hello, dear. Hey, did you fellas hear about Squire? Oh, uh, hello, Squire. I didn't see you. Uh, mighty sorry to hear about the hard luck you had. Hard luck? What happened, Dick? I hadn't Squire told you about it yet? <clears throat> Why, uh, uh, no, I uh, haven't got around to it yet, Dick, no. Hey, what's the matter? What you talking about? Why, there was a fellow come in here today from the Southern Pipeline Company. They found out that that isn't an oil well over there. You fellas drilled into one of their pipelines. Huh? Well, that oil that's been coming out of there. You drilled a hole right into their pipeline that runs through here. That oil's running out of the pipeline. You didn't any more have an oil well over there than nothing. Well, I'll be dead and dying. <laughs> well, no wonder Squire Skimp was so anxious to get back that agreement he signed, assuming all responsibilities of the previous owners of the oil well. Mothers everywhere are enthusiastically praising Horlick's malted milk tablets. These nourishing, energy-giving tablets are an excellent means of helping children ward off fatigue and hunger when playing or at school. The delicious candy-like flavor is one that children love, and they will gladly take a supply of tablets to school with them. Horlick's malted milk tablets can be easily carried in a coat pocket or purse. And that's why they are such handy things to take along on shopping expeditions, on motor and hunting trips. A few tablets dissolved in the mouth when you begin to feel tired or hungry will pep you up, satisfy your hunger. When you're at your work, Horlick's tablets will keep you going at top speed on days when you can't get out to eat on time. Horlick's malted milk tablets can be purchased in both natural or chocolate flavors. They come in handy pocket-sized flasks for 10 cents, which can be readily refilled from the larger sizes. This is Carlton Brickert speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlick's who bid you all good night and good health. visit with Lum and Abner, brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. Your doctor will tell you that one of the most important factors in good health is plenty of rest, plenty of refreshing sleep, 
without a sufficient amount of sleep regularly, our bodies are apt to run down, our resistance to sickness and disease be lowered. No, there isn't any substitute for the tonic of a full night's rest. Now, some people have difficulty getting to sleep easily at night. They lie awake for hours, just can't get to sleep. Well, those people don't know the secret of a cup of Horlicks malted milk, hot, at bedtime. A drink of Horlicks to relax your body, soothe your nerves, help you to fall asleep quickly, help you to sleep soundly, too. Tonight, just before you go to bed, drink a cup of Horlicks, hot. You'll sleep better, more restfully. You can get Horlicks, you know, in either natural or chocolate flavor. And now, let's get ready for Lum and Abner. Well, yesterday, Pine Ridge received a very great shock. It was discovered that the oil well that Lum and Abner and Grandpappy Spears brought in and sold to Squire Skimp wasn't an oil well, after all. The old fellows had drilled into one of the pipelines of the Southern Pipeline Company, which runs close to Pine Ridge, transporting oil from distant oil fields to their refinery. <laughs> well, as we look in on Pine Ridge today, we find Lum and Abner over at Lum's house. The old fellows are just beginning to realize what has happened. Listen. Well, we ride back to where we started, Abner. Eh, no, we ain't neither, Lum. When we started, we had a good grocery store down there. Now we ain't got nothing. Yeah. Looks like we're going to have to start all over again. Well, we're sitting right smack on top of the world there for a while, though. Yeah, but, but you got to recollect the world turns around. You never know when you're on the top or where you're on the bottom. Yeah. Oh, that uh, news yesterday just knocked a foundation right out from under all them air castles I had built. Well, <laughs> right smart of fun while it lasted. We got to find out how it feels to be rich. Yeah. Our trouble was we was rich without no money. Yeah. <laughs> I granted, I feel like I owe somebody something for all the good times I've had. These trips I've been making. What trips? I, I never know you left town. Oh, me, in the last two weeks, I've been all over the United States. <laughs> Seen America first. Why, you ain't done no <laughs> such a thing, Lum. You've been right here all the time. Well, I just, the uh, same as made the trip. I've been studying about them too much. Laid over there in bed of a night and imagined myself down at Daytona Beach, Florida. <laughs> Hot Springs and California feel like I owe somebody something for all them trips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like that car I was going to buy, that big gray one. <laughs> and I put about 10,000 miles on that driving, drive it all over the country, in my mind. Yeah. I never will forget how everybody's eyes bugged out when I drove up in front of the blacksmith shop over. <laughs> they just took on over. Yeah, you mean you just imagined how they looked? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I never was inside the car, but <laughs> I used to... Head over at the place at night and imagine myself driving it. <laughs> well, I ain't got no regrets over it, Abner. I've always wondered how a fella felt to have all the money he wanted, and I found out. Yeah, but now that it's all over, what are we going to do for a living? I've got to raise some money somewhere or other. Oh, well, we can get in some kind of business. Well, you can't go into business without money of some kind, Lum. Yeah, that's right, ain't it? Poor Elizabeth and Pearl, off down there in Texas. I know their relations will be tired of feeding them. I just wish there's some way for me to get them home. Now, you better leave them down there until you find something to do. It's bad enough for us to go hungry without you letting your women folks suffer. You better leave them down there where they'll be took care of. Yeah, well, now, that might be a good idea for her. She comes back now and finds out we've lost the store and the oil well and everything else. Well, ain't going to be room for both of us here in Pine Ridge, no how. No, I just leave them there till you get on your feet again. <laughs> Dog, if a soul on these shoes gets any thinner, I'm going to be on my feet any day now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll study something up for us to do. It looks like a shame, Lum. 
fella gets up to our age and has to get out and start all over again. Yeah. I never thought I'd ever have to hit another liquor work. Well, don't get to feeling sorry for, for yourself, Abner. That's the worst thing a fella can do when he gets up again. Well, ain't nobody else going to feel sorry for me. I may as well do it myself. No, that's the wrong altitude to take. When I see somebody feeling sorry for yourself, I know right then that he's give up. He's a goner. Well, I ain't give up, but I'm just sort of uneasy. Somebody's got to eat, you know. Well, I recollect that old lettered saying, <laughs> every cloud's got a silver lining. Yeah, them clouds are just about as far out of reach as money is. <laughs> Wouldn't help me none if there's gold line. Well, I hate to think about doing it, but if the worst comes to the worst, we well, might... Well, it has. It's done come. Yeah, I started to say, I hate to go in debt, but if there ain't no other way out of it, we could mortgage our store building or borrow a little money on our farms. Yeah, if we can find anybody to loan us anything on them. I don't believe that fellers got $10 and let us have it on the best house in town since the oil boom busted. Yeah. I was just looking down there to folks leaving town this morning. Trucks and automobiles and wagons and everything else. Yeah. Getting out of town as fast as they can. Well, natural, when they found out that there weren't no real oil well, all these strangers would come in here and pull out. I, I had to turn around and walk back over the place. Just couldn't bear to watch it. Catch your sadness sort of come over me. Yeah. Your Pine Ridge was growing so... Oh, yeah. Everybody excited over the oil boom. See it now, it looks like a picnic ground the day after the picnic. So. Oh, Lord, me, it's so dead down there. Everybody could fire a cannon right down the main street and not hit a soul. Won't be two weeks before you can graze cattle right there in the street. Yeah, I was talking to Dick Huddleston this morning. Said his business had fell off something wonderful since yesterday. Well. well he had eight extra clerks working for him. He had to let them all go this morning. Yeah, I bet he was mad about it. He was making money hand over fist. No, he never let on if he was. Never, huh? No, sitting back there by the stove when I come in and bannered me for a checker game the minute I walked in. Well. <laughs> I know he must feel bad about it, though. But you know, Dick, he, he wouldn't let on if he killed him. No, no. That's what makes me feel sort of bad about it. We were the ones that thought we had oil well and got everybody's hopes built up, and then the fox, she went. Oh, well, that's bad all right, Mom, but it done some good. We woke some of these folks up around here. They ain't had an idea in 15 years. That old Uncle Fred Cecil. He put in that hamburger stand down there. It's the first time that he's ever got... Up out of that rocking chair off in his front gallery there, as far back as I can recall. Yeah, it done that all right. Throwing sure. some of these old nesters back to life. Sure. But the town's going to look like a graveyard for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'd have had any sense at all. We'd have known from the first that there weren't no oil well. Well, I don't see why. It looked like oil well to me. Uh, yeah, it looked like a... Thought one of us, I never did see one. Well, if I'd have stopped to think, though, I recollect them laying that pipeline through here about 15 years ago. Yeah. I never knowed exactly where it was at, but I know they just run east of town here somewhere. Well, I can see now why Caleb had so much trouble drilling a well. Don't you know, just before he struck oil, he had to take the bed out and shorten it about four or five times. Yeah, he, he thought he was a hitting a big rock or some kind down there. It yeah. was that iron pipe he was a drilling through. Why, sure it was a pipeline. Natural, when he drilled a hole in it, the oil spurred up out of the ground. Yeah. Well, I'm just thankful for one thing, that we sold it before they found out what they did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dick Hudson was to tell me going to make old Squire pay for every bit of oil that, that run out of there. <laughs> oh, me, now that's going to amount to something. Oh, yeah. Well, Dick said uh, he said it run to $4,200. $4,200? <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> I hate to laugh about anybody having hard luck, but 
some way or other, I can't bring myself to feel sorry for old Squire. No, Squire's. I can't either. He had it coming to him if ever a man did. Here he went to all the trouble of tricking us into selling a well to him, buying it under a consumed name that way. Now it's going to cost him over seven thousand dollars to get out of it, counting the three thousand dollars that he gave us. In yeah, that's for to even things up for some of the skinning they give us, Mom. Yeah, and he was trying to give us a skinning on this uh, on this deal, but the thing backfired on him. Yeah. I'll bet you he'll leave us alone from here. Yeah, no, he won't bother us no more. <laughs> Me and him coming over here yesterday trying to trade back with us. Yeah. Making us think he was doing us a big favor for letting us have it back. He knowed right then that we'd build into a pipeline when he Why, came over here. Of course here. he did. Yeah. He was trying to get that agreement back we made him sign. Why, so what? Just what he's doing when he come over. Yeah, see, he's responsible for everything according to that agreement. Yeah, and he'd have did anything to get that back too long. Well, he made us sign the same kind of agreement himself when he sold us that land over there to start with. Yeah. And we had to pay off $355 to satisfy them stockholders. That's what we So got. I don't feel bad about this. Yeah, well, now, Lon, there ain't no way for him to get out of it, is there? Oh, no, no, it's legal. I looked yeah. after that part of it myself. <laughs> Got his name right on it. Witnessed and everything. Well, good. There's something about I do hereby and herewith agree. Wait, how does that go? Let me see that thing again. Yeah, yeah. I want to be sure that green man's worth a lot to us, Mom. Abner. Abner. What's the matter, Lom? You look like you saw gold. It's gone. It's gone. What's gone? That green man we had, Squire Side. I granted I had it right here in this pocket. It ain't there. It's gone. You don't suppose our old friend Squire Skimp could have had anything to do with the disappearance of that agreement? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here's a little scene that took place in the Conklin home. In the living room were Mrs. Conklin and her sister, Mrs. Mead, from out of town. The sisters hadn't seen one another in some time. They had a lot to talk about. One topic was Mrs. Mead's little daughter, and that's an interesting story, too. So let's listen. How's little Irene? You know, I haven't seen her in... Oh, it must be about two years. Well, she's fine, Vera. The healthiest little youngster you've ever seen. Oh, she's full of life and pep every minute of the day. Irene is? Well, mm-hmm. the last time I saw her, she was a thin little type with no color at all, and she seemed so, well, listless. I suppose she did, but that was my fault, I'm afraid. Your fault? Yes, I hadn't taken the trouble to find out about Horlick's malted milk. It was Irene's school teacher who told me about that. And what a scene we had the day she told me. A scene? Why, what was wrong? Well, I resented her telling me how to raise my child. I thought she had a lot of nerve, and I told her so, too. And not in very gentle language, either. <laughs> well, it's a wonder she didn't walk out on you. <laughs> Isn't it? She didn't, though, thank goodness. She just sat there calmly all the while that I was raving. Then she told me that she didn't mean to be impertinent, but she did want me to know how Horlicks had helped her little brother. He was sickly, uh, undernourished, like Irene, you know. Oh. Well, Horlicks did wonders for him. She told me all about Horlicks, uh, also. About its valuable nourishment and its vitamins and mineral elements. You know, that help children develop husky bodies and sound bones and teeth. You took her advice then? Yes, fortunately. I went right down to the drugstore and bought a package of Horlicks for Irene. And has Horlicks helped her? Oh, marvelously, Vera. I've never seen such a change in a child. Ever since that day her teacher called on me, Irene has had a glass of Horlicks with every meal. Good. And she drinks it between meals, too. And how she loves it. <laughs> but all children love Horlicks, I guess. It's such a delicious drink. And that's the story of how Mrs. Mead found out the value of Horlicks malted milk as a children's food drink. And Horlicks malted milk is something that every parent should know about. You won't find anything that will mean more to your children's good health. You can get Horlicks malted milk, you know, in either natural or chocolate flavor. This is Carlton Bricker, speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlicks, who now bid you all good night and good health. <laughs>
Okay, I think we're through with Squire Skimp for a while. I think, uh, uh, Victor, are we mm -hmm. recording? Oh, okay. Just want to make sure. <laughs> um, I think there's one thing I need to explain, though. Um, from I'm glad we put that disclaimer at the beginning of the show, though. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> those tablets don't sound pretty appetizing you know i don't think i could drink that malted milk <laughs> because they say chocolate and then they say original flavor and when you wonder what the original flavor was oh my god shut up <laughs> <laughs> okay good i earned that because i told you shut up last night <laughs> uh i think there's one thing i need to explain though about um how it was back then um you had your little country stores. And now, this was back in the 30s. It, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was born back in the 1890s, so what do you expect? <laughs> uh, no, but really, uh, back then, they had what they called a jot them down store. And what it meant was, and what it meant was that you you either took a list into them or you gave them a list when you got in there and they jotted it down and then they'd get your groceries and bring them to you up front for you to pay for and leave. So that's kind of how that worked. Um, well, that's convenient. That's kind of like the 30s version of Uber. Yeah. Uh, Uber, uh, what is it? Uber, Uber Eats. Eats or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or what do uh, they call it? Grocery gateway. Or are these get all these other apps? Yeah, because yeah. back then you didn't have apps. But that's I mean that's basically what a jot them down store was, and those two were really silly to sell that thing. But uh, but this next one, what they picked up is uh, a matrim operating a matro matrimonial marriage bureau. I have to get my tongue wrapped around that. And kind of what they do is <laughs> they get all these people to, to write these letters. And um, the people want advice to do about uh, of what to do about their husbands or wives. And then they argue about the advice they're going to give. And finally, they give them something or they just chunk the letter aside. I get tickled. But uh, anyway, listen to this one, operating the matrimonial bureau and uh, see what you think. And then the next one is really going to blow your mind, at least I think. <laughs> <laughs> It blew mine because if I was married, I'd do it. take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner, brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. 
When in the midst of a busy day at your work or in your home, a heavy luncheon may cause you distress or leave you feeling drowsy because it's so hard to digest. That's why more and more people are turning to the Horlick luncheon. A glass full of Horlicks is a refreshing and nourishing luncheon. Energy-giving, sustaining, too. And you couldn't find a food more easily digestible. That's why Horlicks at noon keeps you alert, mentally and physically. Why busy people prefer Horlicks to the heavier, hard-to-digest luncheon. Overweight people will find the Horlicks luncheon a fine reducing plan, for it's without the heavier meal's excess of calories. Try the Horlicks luncheon tomorrow. You can get Horlicks, you know, in either natural or chocolate flavor at your drugstore. And now, let's get ready for Lum and Abner. Well, the Pine Ridge Matrimonial Bureau is proving even more successful than Lum and Abner had hoped for. The old fellows are receiving hundreds of applications. And their only worry now seems to be the suit that Squire Skimp has brought against them for $4,200, which is scheduled to come up next week. As we look in on Pine Ridge today, we find Lum and Abner over at Lum's house, which they are using as headquarters for their new enterprise. Lum seems to be very busy. Listen. Abner Peabody, do you take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife? Provide for her through sickness and health, and forsaken all others to love, honor, and obey her as long as you both shall live? I do. You will now join right hand, or left hand, or just join hand. By the power invested in me as Justice of the Peace of Cloverleaf Township, I now pronounce you man and wife. And now, my young friends, as you go out into life to grasp the skirts of happy chance, may your stream of life unruffled run, and the roses bloom without a thorn. Five dollars, please. Uh, yes. <laughs> that dog is just sure aiming on putting on all the trimmings on this wedding, ain't you now? Well, I feel sort of responsible for this wedding. I was the one that agged him into getting hitched. Yeah, I recollect when you called him up on the phone the other day and was telling him what a good match he'd made. Well, Ruth just never had nerve enough to ask her. They'd have been married long ago. Yeah, uh, well, now, do you want to go through it again now, Lum? No, I believe I know it by heart now. I've got to start getting dressed up. They're supposed to be over here at 4 o'clock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to change clothes, huh? Well, I'll just slip on a neck collar and tie and put on my frock tail coat. Yeah. I don't mind to put myself a little bother when I'm getting $5 this way. <laughs> well, I thought you told Ruth on the phone the other day she'd make him a special price of $2 and a half. Well, I did, but, uh, well, like I told him this morning, that's just for the regular cut-and-dried ceremony. For five dollars, I could give him a first-class wedding with all the trimmings. Yeah, well, that'll be the first cash money that we've took in a long time, won't it? We? Well, we're sort of, sort of partners in this matrimonial deal, aren't we? Yeah, but this ain't got nothing to do with our matrimonial business. This is sort of a sideline with me. This is justice to the pieces. Yeah. Well, I wish we'd start getting some money in pretty soon so I can send for Elizabeth and Pearl. I got a hearing from Elizabeth this morning just raising the roof because I hadn't sent her money for her and Pearl to come home on. And uh, another lady? Yeah, she said her relations is getting tired of feeding them. That's what she said. Well, she ought to understand that, and she just ain't got the money to send her. Well, the uh, trouble of it is, Lon, she, I ain't told her that the oil well weren't all well. She, she thinks we're still rich. You mean you ain't told her that we sold out to Squire Skimp? No, or? no, I ain't told her nothing about it. I, I just never wanted to ruin her trip for us. Well, law me, I know. When she gets home and finds out that we've lost the store and never made no money out of the oil business, and on top of everything else, that Squire Skimp's are suing us for $4,200 and it's got everything we own tied up with attachment paper, she's going higher in a kite. Yeah, I know it. I know she is. I just don't know what to do about it, Harley. Well, you're a great one to be the head of the domestic problem department of our matrimonial bureau when you can't even run your own home. 
Well, what would you do about it, Mom? I, oh, I, I'd rather tell her while she's down there so far away that she can't throw nothing at me, but I'm afraid if I do tell her, she'll just stay down there in Texas and not come home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't want to advise you on that problem just offhand, Mr. Peabody. If you write your troubles to the Pine Ridge Matrimonial Bureau, I'll be glad to study the situation over in that. Oh, my goodness, there's somebody at the door. Well, it ain't time for the wedding yet, is it? Granny's, I ain't got the car on yet. Come in. Uh, you folks will just have to wait. Well, come in, Squire. Yeah, uh, how are you gentlemen today? Oh, all right, I reckon. Yeah, we thought you were a couple wanting to get married, Squire. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, just dropped over to talk to you gentlemen a little. Well, I ain't got time to talk with you, Squire. What is it you want? I've been hearing that you fellas have opened up a matrimonial bureau here in Pine Ridge. Yeah, the Pine Ridge Matrimonial Bureau. I'm the president. Well, for me, that was a mighty good idea. A mighty good idea. Can't understand why I never thought of it myself. Yeah. Though you fellas stand to make a lot of money out of that if it's uh, handled right. Well, now, there ain't no use to beat around the bush, Squire. What are you leading up to? Well, uh, just to come right out with it, Mom, uh, I've been thinking right smart about this thing ever since I heard about you going into it. Now, just to be honest, uh, you fellas have got something there. But you don't know nothing about a business of this kind. Why, myself, I'm a natural-born promoter. That's been my life work. Yeah, no that all right. I was just thinking, uh, sort of on account of us being such old friends, that uh, I might come in as a third partner in this thing and uh, sort of help you fellas out. Well, now, that'd be a fine how-to-do, wouldn't it? Us take you in as a third partner when you've got everything we own tied up with taxman papers and lawsuiting us here for $4,200. Well, now, Lum, uh, as far as the lawsuit goes, well, now, that can be handled. Yeah, what do you mean it can be handled? Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, now, uh, that suit is set to come up next week. But uh, if you gentlemen want to give me a third interest in this matrimonial agency here, why, I'll just call the suit off. Just uh, withdraw it. Well, now, here, let me tell you something, Squire. Me and Abner's put confidence in you before. Time and again, you've come to us and told us on account of us being such old friends, you'd do this or that for us. Now, we've had all the dealings with you we ever want to have. I wouldn't even swap nickels with you. Now, if you want to call the suit off, all right. But as far as being a third partner in this matrimonial bureau, I, I wouldn't be associated with you in no kind of business. Now, I don't like to be unhospitable to nobody, but the quicker you can get out of my house, the better it'll suit me. Well, all right, Lum, if that's the way you feel about it. But I'm warning you right now. Don't come around wanting any sympathy when I get that judgment for $4,200 and go to foreclosing on your property. Good day, gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe you made a mistake there while I'm talking to him that way. You mean you want him for a third partner? Well, no, no, Rob, but now, it looks like a pretty good way to get out of having that lawsuit. If he does win it, why, well, it's going to be awful hard for us to lose our homes. Yeah. Especially me with Elizabeth and Pearl. Yeah, never thought about that. I might have sort of flew off my hand on him. I just wished I knowed one thing. Yeah, what's that? Where that dream is that he signed assuming all the obligations of the oil business. If we had that to produce in court, he wouldn't stand a chance in the world winning that case. Yeah, but if we ain't got it, Mom, there ain't a chance for him to lose, neither. Yeah, I've got to get dressed now before these folks get over here. After the wedding, me and you can sit down and talk this thing all over here. And if we decide it's best to let him in with us on this matrimonial bureau, we can go over there and take him up on his proposition. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, I believe it's a thing to do, Ron. As bad as I hate to have any more dealings with him, I believe it's bad. Mm-hmm. Well, I can order to take a wet rag and sort of sponge this collar off. Really need a new one, this seven large turning sort of yard. Get, uh, get my frock tail coat off in the wall, Ann. That's it, give it up with them newspapers. Yeah, yeah, I'll see it. Ain't had that thing on since the day we saw Laura well. No. <laughs> well, you were so dressed up at me, I'll say that. Yeah. These papers off of That was a good deal I made that day, too. I do say so myself. Smartest thing I done was making Squire sign that green answer where if anything happened to the oil well, he wouldn't have no comeback on us. Yeah, and if he hadn't lost it. Well, it wasn't my fault, Abner. I pinned it right in my coat Oh, I know, Lum. I know. I ain't playing to you. No, not at all. Here, here, slip this on. I'll help you. <laughs> Try it on for size, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Much obliged. How do I look? All right. Why? Well, <laughs> just wondered. Now, oil feels sort of important when I get this outfit on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, where's that uh, wedding ceremony I wrote out? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, that's it. In fact, I better slip that in my inside coat pocket so if I do forget, I can sort of take it out and glance at it. It's a shame she wants to get him about half married and forget what else he's going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I never will forget when I first started Jess as a piece. And it, it was a young couple come to me to get married and... Uh, and...
this one coming up <laughs> is poor old Abner. I, Lum gets him in all kinds of trouble. And because Lum ain't got nothing to risk, so he ought to be the one to take the risks. But Abner, he's got a wife and daughter or stepdaughter, whatever she is. And <laughs> so, uh, but what ha what happens here is that he wants to send Abner's photo to the people uh, in the marriage bureau they're trying to set up. And so he's going to send out oodles and oodles of them, and then they're going to get letters back. And then uh, poor Abner's going to wonder what he's going to tell his wife. And, uh, well, I don't have a wife, but Victor does. And so I, bet, <laughs> I bet he would hate to be in in those shoes, but roll them, Victor. to take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner, brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. The ease with which it can be digested by the impaired or delicate system makes Horlicks malted milk a wonderful food drink for invalids and convalescents. This easy digestibility is the result of Horlicks' special process of modifying full cream milk with the nutritive extracts of wheat and malted barley. Horlicks is nourishing, energy-giving, just the kind of food the sick person needs to give him strength and aid recovery. Horlicks is a delicious drink, too. Its fine, rich flavor does not grow tiresome, even when Horlicks is regularly included in the diet. A glass full of Horlicks malted milk can be easily and quickly prepared by simply mixing with water. It isn't necessary to add any flavoring or ordinary milk. Just use sufficient of the powder to bring out the wonderful flavor and aroma. Horlicks malted milk can be obtained, you know, in either natural or chocolate flavor at your druggist. And now, let's get ready for Lum and Abner. When Lum and Abner announced over the party line a few days ago that they were opening up a matrimonial bureau in Pine Ridge and offering free advice on domestic problems, little did the old fellows realize the enormous response that they would receive. For the last few days, they've been swamped with letters from everywhere, subscribing to their service and seeking their advice on domestic problems. As we look in on Pine Ridge today, we find Lum and Abner over at Lum's house, where they've been busy all day answering letters. Listen. Uh, here's one from uh, Crawfordville, Indiana. Crawfordville. Uh, gentlemen, I heard you talk over the party line the other day, and you said you would help those interested in matrimony. Please help me find a nice young man who would make me a good husband. Yeah. I prefer a man who lives in the city and would like a tall brunette but would consider a short blonde. Yeah, she ain't uh, very choice then. No. I am enclosing a picture of myself. I am five foot one inch tall. Let me see your picture. Now. 
Yeah, it's from a man. Says he's got nine children, and all of them like something different to eat. Well. Can you suggest how my wife can solve this problem as she can't cook nine different things at every meal? Oh, well, she could just take what they all like and cook it up together and call it hash. That's easy. Yeah, she could do that. Now, let's see, uh... Uh, here's a feller from uh, San Antonio, Texas. Well, well, uh, you read this one. I can't make out that right now. Mm. You must have wrote this with his left hand. Gentlemen, I love my wife very much, but every time we get in a argument, she packs up her clothes and runs home to her mother. Can you help me? Yours truly, John J.W. Yeah, well, Elizabeth used to do the same thing when we were first married. Mm, you ought to be able to help him then. <laughs> what did you do? Why, well, I just had her mother come live with her. That <laughs> stopped it for a while. For a while? Yeah, and then the mother both packed up and left. Man, quit you, huh? Well, they thought they had, but I just packed up and went with them. Yeah, we lived with her folks for about two years now. Well, I ain't going to tell this fella down there in San Antonio to do that. Why, no, I wouldn't leave them. No, no, they're the best folks wouldn't want perfect strangers to move in on them that way. No. Besides, they've been dead for years, yeah. Well, I'd love to help this fella. Do you kind of sorrowful for him? Well, I've tried everything to break Elizabeth. Not the best way is to just let them go. They'll come back. They'll break themselves of that habit if you just not pay no attention to them. They'll just keep it up just so long. Just as long as you run and beg him to come back. Well, they'll go to the manager. Well, that's pretty good advice right there. We'll just write him that. Uh, are you ready for another? Yeah. Let me have some of them letters over here. Today. Yeah, we know we'll get through this way. Lord, there's a lot of them. All these mistakes is the one that's to find my husband. Huh? Yeah, yeah, there's some good lookers in there, too. Ought to have no trouble finding them a man at all. Yeah, but we've got to have some man's pictures to send them. They'll be getting encouraged here. Yeah, well, here's another wanting to find her husband. That's here. Well, you always want to look at them, huh? Mm-hmm. Pretty. Where, where's she from? Yeah, Bardwell, Kentucky. That's too far. Here's one from Hazen, Arkansas. Hazen, huh? Two girls writing in... Well, they say in case we do find a, a husband for them, they want us to, see, yeah, they want to get their six months free advice. Well, I do know. <laughs> well, here's one from a woman 82 year old, huh? Well, look at this. Well, here's a fella that sent a whole batch of pictures of himself. Well. Wait a minute. Huh? That looks right smart like you, Evan. Where, where'd these come from? Let's see it. Well, it is me. Yeah, that's some pictures that I sent in for now. Sent in for? Yeah, I was in the county seat about a month ago, and a fella had a Kodak right there on the street and just take my picture while I was walking along. Well, I do know. <laughs> that's a right good picture of him. Don't look much like you at all. Yeah, yeah, they don't. They turned out uncommonly well. He'd give me a special price if I'd take a dozen, so I just bought a dozen of them. Wait a minute. Huh? I think that gives me an idea. I... Abner, them pictures is just what we was needing. We can send them to these women folks that's riding in looking for husbands. Well, well, wait a minute here, Lom. I ain't wanting to get married. I've got a wife and daughter down in Texas now if I can get them back up there. Oh, well, you don't have to get married. We've got to send them something so they know we're on the lookout for them a husband. Yeah, well, Lom, I'd heap rather not do that. Well, Abner, you want to make a success with this matrimonial bureau, don't you? Well, yeah, but Lom, well, We've got to send out some pictures to these women that's looking for husbands or they'll think we can't find them none. They will. This will let them know we're working on it, and these will keep them satisfied so we can get them some more pictures to send them. Yeah. You ain't got nothing to worry about. Ain't nobody going to fall in love with a face like that, no, Aunt. Give me them pictures. I'll just sit right down now and mail out the whole dozen. <laughs> well, we don't know, but we're afraid that Lum has talked Abner into something here that he, that he is going to regret. Ladies and gentlemen, Ford Mallory has just come home from the office. He's hanging up his coat and hat now, and Mrs. Mallory has just come in from the kitchen to greet him. Here they are. Hello, dear. Oh, hello, honey. Did you see Johnny outside? No, I didn't. Why? Why, I thought he'd be camped right on the front doorstep. 
He's got some great news for you. Johnny has? What sort of news? Well, the coach told him today that he's to be a regular member of the basketball team from now on. No fooling. Well, say, that's great, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. I'll bet Johnny's tickled pink. Yeah, some youngster, huh? <clears throat> yeah, just like the old man. Well, I don't seem to remember you as much of an athlete there, and I've known you ever since that we were in high school together. Well, there are a lot of things you don't remember. <laughs> don't look so hurt. I didn't mean that. Well, who is looking hurt? It is great news, isn't it? I mean, about Johnny and the team. Mm. He's so excited. Oh, I'm awfully happy about it. It means everything in the world to him. Sure, of course it does. Remember how we used to worry about Johnny? How yeah. afraid we were that he'd never be a healthy, normal boy? Well, I can never thank the doctor enough for having told us to give him Horlicks malted milk. Well, Horlicks has certainly done wonders for him. There's no question about that. You know, every time I see that husky, muscular little body, that I remember how thin and how frail he used to be. Yeah, and every time I see him turn around with his pals, I remember how he used to stay in the house all the time. Never seemed to want to play with the other children. No. No. And I guess Johnny himself, just as tickled about Horlicks as you and I are. Yeah. Yeah, he certainly loves it, doesn't he? You know, the vendor I see him coming to the kitchen, I know what he's going to ask for. A glass of Horlicks malted milk. Well, we certainly can't blame Johnny for being so fond of Horlicks. It's a drink that all children love. Made from only full cream milk and the finest of wheat and malted barley, Horlicks is rich in the precious vitamins and mineral elements that help children develop sturdy bodies and sound bones and good teeth. You can get Horlicks, you know, in either natural or chocolate flavor at your druggist. This is Carlton Brickert speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlicks, who now bid you all good night and good health. just muted yourself and now am i unmuted yep you, you were unmuted the whole time oh my goodness i flipped the switch and i no not far enough way. apparently <laughs> yeah well but at least i didn't have to move uh, but anyway, folks, it goes from bad to worse. And uh, they, they really get themselves in a pickle. But this one is called Matrimonial Mail. Let me make sure I'm right about that. Yeah. Yeah, it's Matrimonial yeah. Mail. Shut up, tele uh, computer. Uh, yeah, Matrimonial Mail. And... Uh, you're going to see that poor Abner gets in it worse. <laughs> so roll them, Vic.
Howdy, everybody. Here we are all ready to take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner. Brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. It is especially important that growing children get plenty of sound, refreshing sleep. Their young bodies need the relaxation, the tonic of a full night's rest. Now, after a day of unusual excitement or a day of unusual physical exertion, children sometimes are unable to get to sleep easily. They are, as we grown-ups sometimes are, too tired to sleep. Well, that's why a cup of Horlicks, hot, is a fine children's bedtime drink. It relaxes their bodies, soothes them, helps them to fall asleep quickly and sleep soundly. Horlicks is just the sort of nourishing, easy-to-digest food which, if taken before retiring, helps both children and grown-ups to sleep more restfully than if they had gone to bed on an empty stomach. Tonight... Before your children go to bed, let them drink a cup full of Horlicks hot. You can get Horlicks, you know, either natural or chocolate flavor at your druggist. And now, let's see what's happening in Pine Ridge. Lum and Abner are having the time of their lives these days. The many interesting letters from friends all over the United States are subscribing to the Matrimonial Bureau. And the domestic problems the old fellows are called upon to solve are keeping them busy day and night. As we look in on Pine Ridge today, we find Abner over at Lum's house, where they are going through their mail. Listen. Here's a card from LLH, Indianapolis, Indiana. Well. Says there is a girl passes my house every day. Sometimes she speaks and sometimes she don't. And I would like to know what to do to get better acquainted with her and get her to like me. Well, I reckon why she speaks sometimes and sometimes she don't. Yeah, I think the whole trouble here is they ain't been introduced to one another. Some girls are sort of fussy about stitches that, you know. Well, no wonder she don't speak if she don't know him. It's a wonder she ever speaks at all. Yeah, we got to figure out some way for him to introduce himself to her. Well, why don't he just step out there and introduce himself? He can't introduce himself and her walking by. He's got to stop her some way or other. Yeah. Well, now, he might uh, drop his handkerchief, and then when she goes to pick it up, well... Oh, oh, that's right. No, that won't work. No. I'll tell you what he can do, Lum. He, he can take and tie a rope across the sidewalk, and then when she sails by his house with her head up in the air, why, she'll step on a rope, and then he can go over and help her to her feet. No, you better not try nothing like that. I believe the best thing for him to do is just sort of catch up with her and walk along with her ways. Take his hat off his head and say, I don't believe I've made your acquaintance. My name is Lum Eddard, what my yours be. Oh, no. No, I don't believe that do no good, Lum. No. You better use your right name. He starts out telling you somebody else that way. Well, they never will get along. Well, sure, I am for him to use his right name. I always use... Oh, his name is Lum Eddard, too, huh? No, I just use that as an example. And that's what I'd say if I was introducing myself. Yeah, but you ain't the one that's going to meet her. He wants to know what to do for him to do, not what for you to do. It don't make no difference what his name is. He knows what his name is. Why, sure, he knows what his name is, but he's trying to find out a way for her to find out what it is. I still think a rope fight is the best. Abner, we're going to have a domestic problem here ourselves. We don't quit arguing so much about how to answer these folks' questions. Here, let me have another one of them. Yeah. You get me so aggravated, I don't care whether he meets the girl or not. Yeah, here's one here from clean over in South Carolina. Belton, South Carolina. Mm, what's the problem? What do they want to know? Well, uh... Well, this woman ain't got no complaint. I don't see nothing wrong here. Well, read it. I did. I just got done. Well, read it out loud. I'll decide whether a complaint's justified or not. And I want a little advice from you about my husband. 
He wants me to do the housework and look after the farm, too, while he rides around all day. Please tell me what to do. Yes, truly. Wah. Huh? Wah. W-A-W. Initials. Oh. Now, he ain't asking her to do no more than her share of that. Just do the farm work and the housework. That ain't very thoughty of him, though, getting out and riding around while she's there working. Well, maybe he's just tender-hearted, old uncle. Tender-hearted? Yeah, maybe he just has to get away from the place that way. I know I never could stand to watch my woman work, neither. Special chopping wood. I just have to take Pop out and go down to the barber shop or something until she gets done every time. Well, if this woman's husband just insists on riding around that way, she ought to get him a job carrying a mail route or driving a deliver wagon. Yeah. That's just what I'm going to write and tell her, too. Read another in there. Well, here, Tom, you read them for a while. I, I can think better when you're reading. Well, here's a letter from Brohard, West Virginia. Brohard. Brohard. B-R-O. Now, don't spell Brohard. That just spells Bro, B-R-O. There it is. Look at it. Oh, oh, yeah. Says, gentlemen, well, my husband and I get along fine. Well, that's the first and like that, that we've got yet. Yeah, but he has a bad habit of talking with his hands. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with it? Why, sure, if they're working for him, he's got to tell them what to do. You take a lot of hard hands that way, they won't do nothing like you tell them. His, his two hands, Abner. But it don't make no difference how many he's got, Mom. I don't see nothing wrong with talking to him. He ain't talking about hired hands, Abner. Here, two hands, these. Them's yours. I know it. He's talking with his hands, these kind of hands. Oh, oh, I see. He says uh, he has a bad habit of talking with his hands. Well, I do know. I don't see what enjoyment he gets out of that. His hands can't understand what he's saying or answering back or nothing else. I know they can't. Looks like anybody'd have sense enough to know that. Howdy, Lefty. How are you today? Come on, come on, wake up there. Here, how are you? How are what you? in the world are you doing? I, I just trying that out, Lum. I was talking to my hand here, but it didn't ever pay no attention to him. That won't work. For goodness sake. I just write and tell that woman that if her husband sits and talks to his hands all the time, he's losing his reason. She never said he talked to his hands. She said he talked with them. Well, that's worse than ever. He just seemed as saying that his hands answer him back. He talks with them. Well, Abner, she said that, but that ain't what she means at all. Well, they ought to write what they mean. He's probably it hard enough to figure out without us having to read folks' minds. Well, what she means is he used his hands to talk with instead of his mouth. What? You mean to say that he... Wait a minute, wait just a minute. I see right now I said the wrong thing there. He talked with his mouth but used his hands to make motions with. Make motions? Yeah, you saw fellas use their hands that way. Somebody get mad and shake their fist in your face while he's talking to you. Oh, that's what it is. He wants to fight, huh? Well, I don't blame No, her. no, Abner. He don't want to fight. Well, what's he doing shaking his fist in her face, Ann? He's in the habit of doing that. Well, she has got a problem. I don't blame her a bit. I don't see how to get along at all. you shut up for just a minute? I'll read the rest of the letter here. Shaking his fist on Get some idea in your head and it takes a stick of dynamite to move it out. Well, I don't care. It just makes me mad to see a man bully a woman around that way. I wouldn't no more think of shaking my fist in Elizabeth's face and... No. <laughs> I reckon I wouldn't. She'd about bite it off from that He goes on to say here, I don't mind him talking with his hands around the house. Oh. Hands around the house. Oh. Yeah, that's an awful big arm for it, you know what? Uh, with his hands around the house, but when we go out in the car, he takes his hands off the wheel to point out all the spots of interest, and I am afraid he'll wreck the car. Yeah. Can you advise me how to break him of this habit? Yours truly, M.M. 
Well, I do know. Well, she just wants him to keep both hands on the steering wheel while he's driving the car. Oh, yeah, yeah. If they get to fighting in the car, I don't tell what happened. Abner, anyway. I wish you'd get the idea of fighting out of your head. Well, I ain't want to fight nobody. He's the one that started taking his fist. Well, I'm going to start one here in a minute if you don't shut up. This lady wants to know how to break her husband of talking with his hands while he's driving the car. And we've got to figure out something here to tell her. Yeah, tell her to tie his hands to the steering wheel. That'll stop him. Yeah, stop him from talking at all. I'd go to point out something and he'd wire right quick and swing the car right in or something. No, that wouldn't work. No, no, I see it wasn't that. <laughs> well, what's funny about it? Yeah, I, I was just thinking. What happens if he started away with somebody he knows he's seen on the street? He'd about turn the car clean around right in the middle of the road, wouldn't he? Yeah. No wonder this lady rode in. I can see the trouble she must be having with him. Poor little thing. Poor little thing. Mike could uh, give him a batch of taffy candy and let him pull that while they're out driving. Well, I don't know, though, Tom. He'd get that stuck all over the steering wheel, old, and any sand would get stuck there, you know, that'd be worse than ever. He yeah. couldn't turn nothing in. That'd be tiny pants, sir. Yeah. Well, ain't but one thing that I see to do to a fellow like that, Tom. What? Just put him in a straight jacket. Doggy, he couldn't use his hands to point with the mm. had him. He couldn't drive the car, neither. Oh, now, no. we ain't getting nowhere this way, yet. These folks have been nice enough to write to our matrimony bureau be getting impatient. Yeah. We've got a hundred, two, two or three hundred problems here. Uh, why don't you just call up on a party line, Mom? Just tell them that we're having a little trouble, but we'll get to there as quick as we can. Yeah, I expect I better do that. Yeah, it's going to be awful slow going. I can see that right now. Yeah, we can answer what we've got here. Yeah. Man, using a fire alarm right now. Yeah, it always gets them to the phone. Yeah. Everybody's curious about fires. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah. Receivers are just a rat now. <laughs> if that fella talked with his hand, they could make him talk over the phone, and he couldn't use his hand, couldn't he? Oh, we'll quit talking about that. Hand me that list there. Oh, yeah, sure. Howdy, everybody. This is the Pine Ridge Matrimonial Bureau. Rom Edwards, President, talking. Uh, me and Abner's just been covered up with your letters, but we're going to try to get around to answering all of them. Oh, yeah. And uh, here's a few answers. Uh, uh, Mr. F.W. at Fulton, Kentucky, we're on the lookout for you, a husband. And the five girls at Tuscaloosa, Alabama, we'll do our best for you. And uh, Miss H.P. at uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, ought to have no trouble in your case at all. And, uh, Patty at, uh, Grafton, West Virginia. It's going to be hard to find a man like you're looking for, but we'll try. Yeah, that's one that want a man to do all the work. And, uh, GJS, with that big car, you oughtn't to have no trouble. Now, you girls down in, uh, Vandalia, Louisiana, you've got the right idea there. Uncommonly smart young women. And CMS at Sedalia, Missouri. You've got a fellow already picked out for you. MJR at Davenport, Iowa, yes. At Lincoln, Nebraska, yes. R.B. Rickfield. Oh, R.B. at uh, Rickfield, New York. Uh, go ahead with your present, present plan. And Herb at Fort Worth, Texas. You better keep the wife you've got. She's probably a heap better than you deserve. And D. at Wichita, Kansas. Your oil proposition sounds good. I believe you bring in a goose there. Well, that's all the questions for today, folks. We're more likely to ring you up again tomorrow. Well, the Pine Ridge Matrimonial Bureau is certainly a success. And from the response the old fellows have had, we'd say it's just what this country needed. When busy at work or in your home, it's a good idea to make your noonday luncheon one that is nourishing, yet easy to digest. It's much better for you than the heavy, hard-to-digest meal which is so apt to leave you feeling drowsy and listless later. Now, you won't find a finer luncheon anywhere than a glass full of Horlicks malted milk. 
Horlicks is a nourishing and energy-giving food drink, sustaining enough to carry you through the busiest afternoons. A refreshing and delicious drink, too, and one that can be easily digested by the most delicate system. It's a very simple matter, by the way, to make a glass full of Horlicks quickly, either at home or at your work. When mixed with water alone, Horlicks is a tasty, full-flavored drink. Try the Horlick luncheon tomorrow noon. Overweight people will find it a very effective reducing plan, for Horlicks doesn't have a heavy luncheon excess of calories. You can get Horlicks, you know, either in the natural or the chocolate flavor at your druggist. This is Carlton Brickers, speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlicks, who bid you all good night and good health. Unmuted. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, this next one, I think they're going to try to make a sign for their business. It's just called New Sign. So, roll it. to take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner, brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. You know, a fine way to help children keep from getting too hungry or too tired when at school or out playing is to let them carry a supply of Horlicks malted milk tablets. Horlicks malted milk, as you know, is made from rich, full cream milk and the finest of wheat and malted barley. Well, Horlicks tablets have the same qualities which make Horlick's malted milk such a great children's food drink. Horlick's tablets are nourishing, energy-giving, easily digestible by the youthful system. They contain the precious vitamins and mineral elements which help develop healthy, sturdy bodies and strong bones and teeth. And they have a delicious flavor, which children love. Horlick's malted milk tablets come in either natural or chocolate flavor. You can get one of the handy 10-cent-sized flasks or one of the larger sizes at your druggist. And now, let's get ready for Lum and Abner. Well, the old fellows have discovered that operating a matrimonial bureau is no small job. They have received hundreds of applications, and together with the many domestic problems that they've been asked to solve, 
There. New business is consuming practically all of their time. As we look in on Pine Ridge today, we find Abner has just entered Lum's house, reporting for the day's work. Listen. Well, come in, Abner. <laughs> I've got a surprise for you. Well, for the land sake, what in the world are you doing, Lum? Are you going to get paint all over that carpet? Oh, I'm nearly done now. He's putting on a finishing Texas order. Well, what is it? It's a sign for a matrimonial bureau. Step over here where you can see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pine Ridge Matrimonial Bureau. I'm Edward President and <laughs> Justice of the Peace. Yeah. Yeah. What's that Indian doing there? Indian? Yeah. That's Cupid. He's fixing to shoot a bow and arrow at that heart over there. Well, I do know. Yeah, I set up till my nine, nine o'clock last night working on these things. Well, wait a minute. Here, long. You got that fellow with the bow and arrow standing on his head there. No, you're looking at it upside well, down. Well, I ain't done it. The letters is all right from over here, but he's upside down. Now, well, wait a minute, I guess. Well, I'll swan to goodness. Sure he is. Well, it's too late now. Well, I believe that'll be better anyway. <laughs> There's a cupid that can hit him, hit them hearts that stand on his head. Well, uh, what's the idea of having a picture of somebody shooting a bow and arrow anyway? I told you that's cupid. That's that trademark I told you I was going to figure out first. Cupid's is a sign of love. Yeah. You know, like they have on Valentine's and such as that. Well, I've never seen nothing like that on a Valentine. That looks more like a picture of some heavyweight wrestler to me. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon I did get him looking a little older than he ought to. Well, how old is he supposed to be? Well, then I don't know how old Cupid is supposed to be. Just babies, though. Well, if that's a baby, I'd hate to see him when he gets full grown. That ain't no baby, Long. Look at them muscles. He's full grown. Well, right Abner, if you're going to stand there and make fun of this sign, you can just get out till I get done. I ain't making fun of it. I'm just telling you how it looks to me. i tell you another thing, too. Well, he's got that arrow pointing there. He's going to miss that heart by about four foot. Oh, well, he ain't ready to shoot yet. He's just taking aim. He'll draw down there straight before he shoots, I reckon. <laughs> I, I, I thought he was shooting at them birds up there in the far corner at first. <laughs> no, no, them love birds up there. See them kissing one another there? <laughs> ain't that sweet? Yeah, I reckon it's all right, but I still think they're going to get shot if they don't move or that young giant there don't take better aim at that hard one. I wish we had some electric lights to put on it. It'd be the first electric sign in Pine Ridge. Well, what in the world would we want with electric sign? Well, hey, so it's supposed to be it of a night. Well, all me, Lom, everybody's in bed around here by 9 o'clock at night. Wouldn't nobody see it if we did have lights on it. Yeah, but think how nice it looks. We could put a light right there in Cupid's hand. That way it looks like as if he was holding it, sort of. Well, now, Lom, now let's don't go to no expense on this thing. Abner, this is a big outfit, this matrimonial bureau is. We can't expect to run a business like this without spending some money and getting started. Yeah, but where are we going to get the money? That's what I'm talking about. All we've got so far is that free board from Sister Simpson. She ain't going to keep that up long if we don't hurry up and find her husband. Well, money will just start rolling in here for a long Well, now, Lom. I'm going to take the first money that rolls in here and send for Elizabeth and Pearl. Get them back home. I'm tired of that. Well, all right. We'll leave off the electric lights, but I still say it's a good idea, though. Well, if you're just bound and determined to have a light on it, Mom, I've got a lantern over there at the place that you could hang on. Now, wouldn't that look fine? Wouldn't that look fine, a lantern hanging on a sign? Well, it'd light it up. Well, just forget about it. I wish I could think of something to put up there in that corner there and fill out that blank space there, sort of. Well, put my name in there. You've got yours down here. Yeah, we've got enough reading on there. I'm trying to think of some kind of a picture I could draw on it. Something representing love, matrimony. Hello. Yeah. Let me see now. You, you wouldn't want to draw my picture on it, I don't reckon, would you? Your picture? Yeah. Representing love? 
Well, I just uh, sort of trying to think of something to, you know, and put on that. I just happened to think of myself. I reckon it's called out sitting here and all. <laughs> Wait a minute. I know what I'll do. I'll put some wedding bells up there. And that way I got all four corners took care of. Yeah. There's a cupid and the wedding bells will go right up there and the heart and the lovebird. <laughs> There's a work of art, you know it. I ought to been an artist. Yeah, yeah, it would have helped them. Could have did better, all right. I reckon they'll know who drawed this. Stop me putting my name on there. Well, it might be best for you to put your name on there again, Lum. I don't want nobody thinking I've done it. No, we wouldn't want nobody... Huh? Nothing, nothing. I just put drawed by right there over my name. That'll set any arguments about the matter. Drawed by Lum Edwards, President and Justice of the Peace. Now, Lama, what's he going to do with it when he get it done? Well, we're going to put it up in the front of the Jotham Down store down there. We're moving our office. Moving? Yeah, this ain't no place to run a matrimonial bureau here in a house this way. Down there in that store building, there, we'll have plenty of room. Yeah, Lord, we'll be lost in that place, Lama. All we need is somewhere to open up the letters and answer them. We've got to have a place to file all these applications for husbands and wives, though. Them shells down there will be the very thing. Why, sure. Put the men that's looking for wives on one side of the store and the women that's looking for husbands on the other. Yeah. Put the blondes in on one shelf and the brunettes in another. And yeah. The tall ones in one place and the short ones somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Divide all up that way so when we get an order for a husband or a wife, we can see what kind they want and go right to them. <laughs> a filing system, sort of. Hey, doggies, now, that ain't a bad idea, you know. <laughs> just like selling stuff out of the store, ain't it? Why, sure. <laughs> Get an order, and instead of reaching up and getting a can of tomatoes, we'll just reach up and get a blonde for them. <laughs> you mean if somebody orders a can of tomatoes, we'll send them a blonde? No, I just said tomatoes. I mean, it's a uh, difference between running the matrimony bureau and running the store. Oh, oh yeah, I see. I, I thought you were wait, 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 Somebody there at the door. Come in. Well, howdy, Dick. Well, Dick Huddleston, come well, in. Howdy, howdy. How are you fellas today? Oh, just only tolerably, Dick. How's yourself? Yeah, I smell cooking time here. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing a little painting here. See how you like our new sign, Dick. Yeah, yeah. Iron Ridge Matrimonial Bureau. Drawn by Lom Eddard, president of the president and justice of the peace. Yeah, yeah that's all right, huh? <laughs> uh, what's this supposed to be here, Cupid? Yeah. See there, Abner? Dick guessed it the first time. Yeah, I, I told him it looked more like a heavyweight wrestler. <laughs> well, he is pretty husky, all right. <laughs> well, that's not bad, though, Lon. Yeah. I figured him shooting so many arrows that way, he sort of developed his muscles. <laughs> well, here's some more mail for you fellas. Come down there to the store a while ago. Most of us addressed to the Fine Ridge Matrimonial Bureau. Yeah, well, much obliged, Dick. Thank and, you. And uh, these letters here are for you, Abner. For me? Wait a minute. You mean all them for Abner? Yeah, they're addressed to Abner Peabody and care of the Fine Ridge Matrimonial Bureau. Wait a minute, here. Abner, you ain't been going around telling folks you're the president of the matrimonial bureau or nothing like that, have you? Why, no. Well, open them up. Let's see who'd be writing you. Them can't all be from Elizabeth. Oh, no, no. This ain't her handwriting at all, no. Well, go ahead and read it. Says, uh, dear Mr. Peabody, I received your picture and the description the Pine Ridge Matrimonial Bureau sent of you. I am very much interested in you and would like to correspond with you. Will you tell me more about yourself? You remind me so much of my grandfather. (laughs) Yours truly, Maxine Norton, Holdingville, Oklahoma. I do. Reminder of her grandfather. What does she mean there? She received Abner's picture and description. 
Well, I tell you, Dick, we, we kept getting these letters from women folks wanting us to find them a husband, and we never had no pictures of men to send out, so we sent out a bunch of pictures of Abner that he had here at the house. Well, now, listen, Lon. Now, you're liable to get Abner in some serious trouble with his wife gone and everything. Oh, I don't think anything ever come of it. We oh, just, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Now we did it, Lon. I told you. I What's told the matter, What's the matter with you? Read that. Just read it. Well, let me have it. Turn it loose. My dearest darling Abner. Oh, my I received your picture and fell in love with you at first sight. You are the man of my dreams. Oh. Wait for me, darling. I will be in Pine Ridge within the next few days. Oodles of love, Hortense Oh, Kelly. my goodness, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. <laughs> well, if Hortense Kelly is coming to Pine Ridge to see Abner, it's a mighty good thing that Elizabeth is out of town. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim Toppy is rummaging around in the kitchen of his home. I wonder what he's doing out there. Let's look in on the scene for just a minute. I wonder where Martha keeps that package of Horlicks. It used to be right on this shelf. Oh, this is... Ne oh, hey, Martha. Martha, come here a minute, will you please? What are you bellowing about? About this. Now, what's this? It's a package of malted milk. One look at the label ought to tell you that. Well, what about it? Didn't we go over this about, about six months ago? Why, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, oh, I remember. You mean about Horlicks and limitations of it. Well, I'll tell you, dear. I was in Smith's drugstore yesterday. No, no, it was the day before yesterday. Mm. I went downtown with Jane Wilson yesterday. She was asking about you, Jim. Said that she... Now, let's skip all that just now. What was the idea of bringing this and not Horlicks? Well, I saw a chance to save a few pennies. You're always talking to me about economy. Well, only last night, for instance, you said that... Why do you always have to economize on things you buy for me? Besides, you missed the whole point of that economy lecture of mine. You'll remember that I said oh, to you that... let's not go all over that again. No, well, all right. Now, now look, Martha. You know that I don't like anything but Horlicks. I never have. Horlicks cost a bit more than cheap substitutes, yes. But that's because it's worth more, a good deal more. Why do you want to throw money away on a thing like this? Won't you please remember to always get Horlicks? <laughs> of course I will, dear. I'm awfully sorry I forgot this time. Honestly, I'll never do it again. I'll take that package back to Smith and exchange it for Horlicks. I'll go right now. Maybe you'd like to walk along with me. Yes, I'll go with you. Oh, oh Smith, huh? I just have a talk with old man Smith, too. Leave him instructions never to sell you anything but Horlicks. Then I'll be protected in case you ever have another one. <laughs> well, it looks like that cheap imitation of Horlicks caused plenty of trouble in the Tarpey family. You'll have to give Jim credit, though, for knowing what he wants. He knows that you just can't find a substitute for Horlicks. Knows that only Horlicks, the original malted milk... Gives you full return for your money. Not only in its unexcelled flavor, but also in its food value. You can get Horlicks, you know, either natural or chocolate flavor at your druggist. This is Carlton Brickert, speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlicks. Who bid you all good night and good health.
poor Abner. He just gets in more and more trouble. Uh, oh, and I just want to say that, that this, this show had other sponsors later on down the line. I hope so. Uh, the the Elka Seltzer <laughs> and one a day, multiple one a day vitamins. And uh, I uh, used to take those, you know. Yeah, well, I did too. <laughs> and didn't need them. The only reason I took them was because my brother was taking vitamins. And, <laughs> and so, he needed someone else to take it with him? Oh, huh? He needed someone no, else to take it with him? No, he took these. Uh, good tasting liquid vitamins called Vibrin, and oh, okay, of course, and you know, Mama didn't want to feed them to me, and uh, because I didn't really need them, but uh, to humor me, she got me some uh, one a day vitamins to take to school with me to, to take down to the clinic, <laughs> and I would go down there every day and take one for a long time, but then I got to where I didn't, so <laughs> okay. Uh, That's nice. This uh, this next one is called Hortense. Oh, let me see what she say. Hortense Kelly arrives. Hort tomorrow. Hortense Kelly arrives tomorrow. Yeah. So um, let's see how much more trouble we can get Lum um, get Abner into. Roll them. ready to take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner, brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. Now here's a simple, safe, reducing plan for overweight people, an effective way to lose excess pounds without discomfort or without resorting to methods of which your doctor might not approve. Drink a glass full of Horlicks at noon instead of eating a heavy meal. Here's why that Horlick luncheon will help you people who are anxious to regain a youthful waistline. Horlicks, while it is nourishing, energy-giving, and sustaining, doesn't have the heavy meal's excess of calories. When you drink a glass full of, of Horlicks for luncheon instead of a heavier meal, you are reducing your caloric intake. And that, as you probably know, is the fundamental principle of losing weight. There's another thing about the Horlick luncheon, too. It's much easier to digest than is a heavy meal. And that's why Horlicks at noon will keep you alert later. Why it will not leave you feeling drowsy or listless. Try the Horlick luncheon tomorrow. You can get Horlicks. Not sure what happened there. Yeah, I'm not sure either because it didn't do that yesterday. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Uh, do you want to try it again? Yeah, it's still running. 
Okay, I'll mute myself and. No, no, it's for some reason it's gone blank. Well, I'll mute it and let you start it over. See if it does it again. No, no. I mean, the whole oh. file uh, seems to have gone for some reason. Wow. But do you want to skip to the next one? Sure. Yeah, let's um, do that. Okay. Um, Folks, something happened with this last file. Don't know what happened to it because I listened to it yesterday before I put it up and it was fine, but um, it don't want to play today. So now, <laughs> now what we have is uh, poor Abner is getting surprised by his wife and stepdaughter. They are coming into town. And so the name of this one is don't know Elizabeth and Pearl arrive. So here we go. Roll them. Victor. Sorry. We're having some technical difficulties, so bear with me. I'll bear with you. I'll put a bear on you. Am I muted or unmuted? You're unmuted. Thought I was, but oh, and shoot these last ones. I really wanted to get in here because Abner fakes a accident. Let's try that again, shall we? Yeah. Uh, do I need to? Just tell you the name of it again. Yeah, I got it. Here we go. Okay. Oh, for crying out loud. I guess here we don't go. Shoot, we're almost done. I guess so. I mean, we don't have, I mean, we didn't have that many more to do. Well, it's playing, but for some reason. I don't hear it playing. Yeah, it is. For some reason, I don't get it. I really have to investigate these. What happened? 
You just wanted to mess up my show. Sure. Didn't have anything better to do, did you? <laughs> yeah, they're playing, but... Yeah, but they're not... I don't get why they're not playing online. I don't know. So do we stop here and get the rest of these next week with a couple more things? No, no, don't you dare go. Hold on. I'm going to get these playing whether my, uh, they it likes it or not. Oh, I'm not going anyway. Well, it's the principle of the thing now. Uh, yeah. We were supposed to be doing Don't Know Elizabeth Pearl Riots, right? Right. Is that the one that cut off in the middle? Yeah. Or was it Horton's? Oh, it, oh uh, it was Horton's Kelly. Okay. Right. Okay. Let's try it again. Okie dokie. Some bitch. I'm sorry, folks. For some reason, StreamYard is really bugging me. It's bugging me, too, because I wanted to have a good show. Let me try deleting some of the, let me try deleting some of the things off the thing. Sorry, folks. It's a very finicky program. And, uh... Oh. My dog is barking, too. Well, aren't we just unprofessional? No wonder Audible doesn't want to... 
Two notifications and action center from Outlook. Okay, that's a few out. What did you delete? Well, we've been playing all of these, right? Yeah. So. But I thought if you deleted them, then they wouldn't play when you got. You know, when you got it uploaded. Well, no, no, I don't pre-upload them. They play straight out of my thing. They play straight out of your thing. I guess we just had too many videos. Oh, that might be why. Because we're only allowed... <sighs> I think I figured it out. Well, for those who aren't familiar with StreamYard, StreamYard allows you 10 guests on the show. It's kind of like a stream thing. And by my adding all those videos, it was approaching the 10 limit. So, okay, I think we can do it now. Okay. I think we should be okay with the... Uh, Hortense Kelly arrives yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, and here we go. to take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner, brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. Now here's a simple, safe, reducing plan for overweight people, an effective way to lose excess pounds without discomfort or without resorting to methods of which your doctor might not approve. Drink a glass full of Horlicks at noon instead of eating a heavy meal. Here's why that Horlick luncheon will help you people who are anxious to regain a youthful waistline. Horlicks, while it is nourishing, energy-giving, and sustaining, 
doesn't have the heavy meal's excess of calories. When you drink a glass full of, of Horlicks for luncheon instead of a heavier meal, you are reducing your caloric intake. And that, as you probably know, is the fundamental principle of losing weight. There's another thing about the Horlick luncheon, too. It's much easier to digest than is a heavy meal. And that's why Horlicks at noon will keep you alert later. Why it will not leave you feeling drowsy or listless. Try the Horlick luncheon tomorrow. You can get Horlicks. Okay, now I'm really getting pissed off. Yeah, me too. Uh. I don't get this. Okay. You know you're going to make me miss my boyfriend. I know. I know. Um, I think we have to give it a few seconds. Yeah. Because it... Okay. It's not playing here for some reason. My goodness. Yeah. Wow, this is really weird. Yeah. It's not even playing. But when I play it on its own using Winamp or something, it plays. That is strange. I agree. Maybe my hick accent killed it. I'm sorry? I said maybe my hick accent killed it. That's entirely possible. (laughs) 
I guess we're gonna. Let's. Uh... Okay. Let's see if it does it with this one too. Here we are all ready to take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner, brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. Because Horlicks malted milk is so energy-giving and refreshing, athletic coaches and trainers recommend it as a fine after-exercise drink. It restores the energy that has been expended by physical activity, helps the athlete to recuperate and relax. The makers of Horlicks recently received a letter from a nationally known athlete who is now head coach and athletic director of a Pennsylvania high school. This gentleman said, quote, While a member of the Los Angeles and Portland baseball clubs of the Pacific Coast League, I never fail to drink a glass of Horlicks after every game to build up lost energy. I found, in fact, that I recovered strength and energy after a glass of Horlicks faster than I did after a heavy meal. This was undoubtedly due to the easier digestibility of Horlicks. Here at the high school, my football and basketball teams enjoy Horlicks after games as much as I do. I might add that I have made it a point to tell coaches who are friends of mine about the benefits of Horlicks malted milk tablets for quick energy during timeout period. End of quote. And now, let's get ready for Lum and Abner. You know, several days ago, not having pictures of other men to send to the female applicants of the Pine Ridge Matrimonial Bureau, Lum decided to send out some pictures of Abner. Well, yesterday, Abner received a wire from a Miss Hortense Kelly stating that she had fallen in love with his picture and would arrive in Pine Ridge today. <laughs> As we look in on our old friends, it is early morning. We find Lum over at Abner's house trying to persuade him to go to the train to meet Miss Kelly today. Listen. Well, um, why, why can't you go in there and meet her by yourself? Well, she ain't coming to see me, Abner. Well, I thought he'd think she was, or well, you got yourself dressed up for her. Yeah, natural, me being the president of the matrimonial bureau, I've got to dress myself up when we meet one of our clients this way. Yeah, well, well you, you just go in there, Lum, and tell her that feller Peabody that she's in love with to skip the country. She can't locate her. I ain't going to tell her no such a thing. What kind of a company would she think this is, letting her go to all the expense of coming all the way down here and then the man she come to see runs out on her? Man, I don't care what she thinks about the company. I ain't going to meet her and I ain't going to have a thing to do with her now. I'll just hide out from her while she's here. That's what I'll do. You've got to be in there at the county seat for the trial. That Squire Skim case is set for 10 o'clock. Yeah. And we're supposed to meet uh, Hortense on the 3 o'clock train. Well, uh, Long Grandpa's going in there. You and him ought to be enough for him to try. Yeah, but we need you for a witness, Abner. If Squire Skimp wins that case, they'll take our farms and everything else away from us. 
why you got that agreement that Squire signed saying that he'd assume all obligations of the company. Yeah, but a body can't ever tell what 12 Germans is going to do. Well, I couldn't tell them what to do if I was to go in there. They wouldn't listen to me. Come on, come on. Get up from there. I've bargained with you just as long as I'm going to. Grandpappy will be by here directly. Well, all right. I'll go into the trial, but just as quick as it's over, I'm going to come right straight back out here. You ain't going to get me down to that train to be hard ten. Well, we'll argue about that later. Get a move on yourself. Get dressed. Well, I'm dressed. I'm ready to go any time. You ain't going in there like that on Dobby. Where's your necktie? Why, it's hanging on a dresser there. Well, put it on. Ain't going to take no pictures of it, Harry. No, but you don't want Hortense to see you without no necktie on. I told you that I weren't going to see Hortense. You're going to meet that train if I have to tie you and carry you down there. Well, now, look. If Elizabeth finds out that I went to the train to meet some other woman, why, it just ain't no telling what she would do. Abner, I told you Elizabeth will never find out about it. I've done made arrangements for Hortense to stay over at Sister Simpson while she's here. Yeah, and she was just about to tell Sister Simpson that she'd come out here to see me, and then Sister Simpson would break her neck to write Elizabeth that I've been advertising for a while. No, no, I told Sister Simpson about the whole thing. Told, told her, her about it? Yeah, I told her that we sent out some of your pictures by mistake, and this woman had saw one of them and fell in love with it at first sight. Oh, me. She promised me, though, she wouldn't breathe a word of it to nobody. Oh, my goodness. Now you did it, Mom. Now you did it. More likely, she done wrote a letter to Elizabeth for this time. No, no. Oh, she couldn't keep a secret till you could get out of her sight. No, I don't think she'll tell it, Abner. Well, I bet she was on her telephone telling it over the party line before you shut the front gate. Well, if you get in any trouble over it, I'll straighten things out for you. I'll promise you that. Yeah. I'll write Elizabeth a letter and explain the whole thing to her. Think you got a better-looking coat than that you can put on? No. I my Sunday coat. Well, put it on. This is an important occasion, Abner. Well, I love. I ain't said that I'd meet that train yet. No, you ain't, but I have. Well, what am I going to tell her after I meet her, Mom? I can't marry the woman. Well, Abner, I'm just trying to help you. You don't have sense enough to see it, Oswald. I get so disgusted with you, I don't know what to do. Yeah, you ain't trying to help me, neither. Well, you see, if you'll do what I tell you, if she comes in on that train and you ain't there to meet her, she'll more than likely come out here looking for you and then asking everybody around town, everybody in town will know about it. Oh, my goodness, now that won't do. Right? I know, it's what I say. I'm trying to tell you. The thing to do is to meet her at the train and I'll introduce you to her and I believe when she sees you, she'll change her mind about wanting to marry you. Yeah, but what if she don't change her mind, though? Yeah, you can get out of it some way. Tell her you got her letter too late, that you've already married somebody else. Tell her anything. Then I'll take her down to our office when we get out here and show her all the pictures of other men that's come in since we wrote her and and uh, try to find somebody else that she'll want to marry. Well, I wish to goodness we never thought of the matrimonial business. That's what I wish. Well, I don't know if I'd go first. Well, I that. do. I wish I'd never hear the name. Well, the only mistake we've made when we sent out them pictures of you. Uh, I don't much believe we ought to did that. Yeah, I know Dad blame well that we oughtn't to. Have. Well, just leave everything to me. I'll have this all straightened out of where it'll all come out all right. Yeah, I hope so. Trouble with you, you all is worry about something ain't no reason. Oh, wait a minute, Mom. Let me test my ring there. Yeah. More like the grandpap telling us he'll be here directly. Hello. Peabody's place. Who? Oh. Oh, well. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> Why, natural, natural. Hmm. Uh, yes, Mom. Yes, Mom. Yes, Mom. Well, <laughs> yes, Mom. Granny, can't you uh, say no once in a while? Why, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. 
Uh-huh. I wish I could get him to agree with me like that. Well, that's all right. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> yes, Mom. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Well, I know what it is. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Mom. All right. All right. Uh, uh, goodbye. <laughs> well. <laughs> Who was that? Uh, I don't know. She never did say. Well, what was she wanting? I don't know. I, I never asked her. You mean you talked all that time, never found out who it was or what she wanted? Well, I never talked all that time. She done the talking. Well, what was she talking about all that time then? Why, nothing. She just said it was the wrong number. She was calling C. Strunk's place. Oh, for goodness sake. Uh, Yonder comes Grand Tap now, Mom. I expect I better call my hair and get ready. Yeah. There's Dick Hutterson with him. He ain't going, is he? Why, no, not that I know of. Well, hurry up. I'll go on out there and keep them while you. Yeah, well, I'll be out there just as quick as I can find my coat and hat and get them on. Well, howdy, fellas. Hello. Hi, yeah, howdy, Lum. Where's Adner? Uh, he'll be out in just a minute. He's trying to find his hat and coat now, I think. Well, Adner's always the last one ready any time you go anyplace. Have you got that documentary Squire Skimp signed, Lum? Oh, yeah, yeah. Got that right here in my pocket. I sure don't want to forget that. It's the only thing that'll save us. I'm just worried to death about that trial, Lum. Worried and fretted over it all night. Oh, well, now, I don't think the Squire's got a chance in the world of winning that suit, Grand Tap. When you fellas produce that agreement he signed, well, I believe they'll throw it out of court. Yeah, I just hope you're right, Jake. I would love to get the best of Squire Skim for once. Yeah. Well, if you win this case, Lum, well, you've got even with him for all the stunts he ever pulled on you, all right. Oh, yeah. Well, here comes Pokey now. <laughs> Hurry up, Abner. We'll freeze to death out here. Oh, hey, hi, Dick. Hi, Grandpa. Yeah, hi, Abner. <laughs> Hello, Abner. Well, uh, better get out and let you fellas go, right? Uh, here, Abner. Here, you can get right up here to Grandpa. Well, ain't you going with us, Dick? No, no, I can't, Lum. I, I'd like to, but I can't leave the store today. And you fellas won't need me in there anyway. Uh, well, get in the back there, Richard, and I'll drive you back down to the store. Oh, no, no. Thanks a lot, Grandpa. But you fellas sort of push for time if that trial comes up at 10 o'clock. I can walk back down the store. Won't well, you maybe we better then for... Sure, go ahead. We want to get the trial started on time. We've got to meet that train at 3 o'clock and meet Hortense. Yeah, Lum, <laughs> finally, talk me into meeting Hortense. <laughs> yeah, I reckon I'll go in there and see what you look like. Well, yeah. uh, you ready. So yeah. long, Dick. Look so long. Now, be careful. Now, don't wrap that around anything, Grandpa. Yeah, Don't be trying to go. I'm driving this car now. If you start taking that fur like you did the last time, I'm going to get out and walk, too. Well, so long, Dick. So long. See you tonight, Dick. All right. I hope you win that lawsuit. Hey, hey, Mr. Abner. Mr. Abner. Hey, wait a minute. Now, what's the matter, Cedric? Hey, stop, Mr. Abner there. Why, well, it's too late now, Cedric. Hey, couldn't hear you. What's the matter? Do you want to go with him? No, ma'am. I, I, I got a telegram here for Mr. Abner. A telegram? Yes, ma'am. Well, here, here. Let me see it, Cedric. It might be something important. Let me read it. That fellow told me to be sure and see that he got it. Yeah, well, that's all right. I'll look it over here and see what it is. Well... What's the matter? Some bad news of some kind? We'll arrive on the three o'clock train. Meet us, Elizabeth and Pearl. <laughs> well, poor Abner. If Lum can get him out of this scrape, he's good. Ladies and gentlemen, in the following occurrence, the time is evening. The scene, aboard a streetcar. And here are Les Chalmers and Frank White. Uh, move over, Les. If you only pay one fare, you're entitled to only one, one strap. Oh, Frank. Where did you come from? Well, uh, 300 other people and I just got on a Temple Street. Oh, they do pack them in here, don't they? Yeah. Looks like the Rose Bowl on wheels. Say, what does a man have to do to reach you at your office? Well, depends on who it is that's trying to get me. Why? Must have called you ten times this morning. Did? Well, I was tied up with Big Boss until about 2.30 this afternoon. Why, what was on your mind? Thought I'd take you to lunch. 
had an old friend I wanted you to meet, Larry Jennings. You remember, I told you all about him. Oh, sure I do. I'm sorry I couldn't go with you, Les, but I didn't get out to eat until late. You mean you didn't eat until 2.30? That's right. Wow. How do you do it? I couldn't. Big boss or no big boss. When noon rolls around, I'm hungry and I've got to eat or I can't work anymore. Yeah, you don't know the secret of Horlick's Malted Milk Tablets, I see. Horlick's Malted Milk Tablets? The greatest thing in the world to help you ward off hunger or fatigue. Well, I always keep a flask of them in my desk. Whenever I begin to feel hungry or tired, all I have to do is get out those tablets and dissolve a few in my mouth. Yeah, they've helped me through many a tough day, I can tell you. Say, they'd be just the thing to have with you on a long automobile jaunt, wouldn't they? Horlick's Malted Milk Tablets, eh? Yeah. I'll have to remember to get some. Uh-huh. My wife goes for Horlick's tablets, too. She only carries a few of them in her purse when she's downtown shopping. And those energy-giving, nourishing malted milk tablets are wonderful, too, for children. Let them carry Horlick's tablets to school with them. They'll nourish while the children work or play. Keep the youngsters from getting too tired or too hungry. Horlick's malted milk tablets come in both natural and chocolate flavors. You can get them in either the small, ten-cent-sized glass or the other, larger sizes at your druggist. This is Carlton Brickert, speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlicks, who bid you all good night and good health. We got through that one. <laughs> and I'm fixing Hortons now, but Victory. it won't be ready for a bit. Yeah. So um, did you want to do one of the others? Yeah, we we just did the one about Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um somehow when I'm in this chair, I always get away from my computer. Let me see which one comes up next. Abner in bed with two broken arms, and Abner Abner fakes a car accident. Uh, yeah, I think Abner fakes a car accident comes first. Okay. You want to intro it? <clears throat> yeah. Folks, poor Abner, he gets in deeper and deeper. So, since he knows Elizabeth and his stepdaughter are coming in he's he's up a tree so because because this other girl hortense kelly has come into town so now what he's gonna do is he's gonna fake an automobile accident so here we go roll them
are all ready to take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner. Brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. Now, a lot of people, when they're at work or busy around the house, find themselves becoming fatigued in the middle of the morning or in the middle of the afternoon. The energy that they had just a few hours before seems to have left them. They are unable to give their best to their work. Well, that's just when Horlick's malted milk tablets come in mighty handy. A few tablets dissolved in the mouth will renew the energy supply quickly, giving you new vitality. If it's hunger that has been making you uncomfortable, Horlick's tablets will give you nourishment, satisfy that empty feeling. There's nothing like those delicious Horlick's malted milk tablets to help ward off fatigue or hunger. It's so easy, too, to carry Horlick's tablets with you. No matter where you are, shopping, motoring, at the office or the factory, or out in the open. Your druggist has Horlick's malted milk tablets in either the natural or the chocolate flavor. They come in a small 10-cent size flask, and in other larger sizes as well. And now, let's see what's happening down in Pine Ridge. Well, little did Lum and Abner realize the trouble they would cause when they sent out some pictures of Abner a few days ago to some of the female applicants to their matrimonial bureau. Abner's wife, Elizabeth, still thinks that he has been having an affair with another woman and refuses to listen to his explanation. Yesterday, Lum made an effort to straighten out the misunderstanding for his old friend, but was promptly ushered off the place with a broom. As we look in on Pine Ridge today, we find Lum and Abner down at the office of their matrimonial bureau. Lum is trying to answer some of their many letters, while Abner still seems to be brooding over his domestic troubles. Listen. Let's see. Here's an order for a red-headed husband, six foot tall, about 40-year-old. Well, I believe we've got one just about fit that description. No, I'm a, reckon you could stand out there at the fence and sort of holler. Huh? I, I say, reckon you could stand out there at the fence and sort of holler at Elizabeth and explain things to her. Abner, I wish you'd hash up about that. I'm trying to answer some of these letters. This matrimonial bureau mail has been stacking up here for days. I don't care. Here's a letter from Roseville, Ohio. Feller says he's a young man, 66-year-old, looking for a life companion and helpmate. Oh, man. We don't say here what kind he wants. Ain't particular. <laughs> that makes it easier. Mom, Dad, blame it all. I wish you'd put them letters down and listen to me. What is it you want, Abner? If you're still trying to argue me into going back over to your place and talking to Elizabeth, you can just forget it. That woman's unsafe to be around. Well, what all did you say to her yesterday? Nothing. She never gave me a chance. Followed me clean out there in the road, chunking rocks at me. Yeah, I know. We was looking out the window over here and seen her do that. And the best thing for you to do is to stay over at my house till she sort of cools off some more. Well, I don't want to wear out my welcome over at your place, Mom. Granny, she'll wear out something worse than that for you if you go home. Uh, you never did tell her that there weren't nothing to that story about me going into the county seat the other night, huh? No, I told you I never got a chance to tell her nothing. She done all the talking. Yeah, she's definitely all her stuff. It's hard to explain things to folks when they do all the talking that way. They, they just can't listen good for some reason or another. But now, Law, you said just that you'd guarantee to get her back in a good humor with me, and it's up to you to do it somewhere or other. Well, Abner, we may as well give up the idea of ever trying to explain it to her, for she won't give you a chance to talk. We've got to find some other way. Now, what other ways are they? Why... There ought to be lots of ways. There ought to be. If we could get her sympathy roused somewhere or other, get her to feel sorrowful for you. Yeah. If you could get serious sick or something like that. You don't feel bad, do you? No, no, I feel all right. Why? 
Nothing. I, I hit won't work. Give me a little time. I'll study up some way to get you out of it. Well, I hope you do, Lonnie. It just don't seem right not have my home to go to no more. Elizabeth is a good woman at heart. She wouldn't harm a flea. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if I was a flea, I wouldn't put too much confidence in her the way she's feeling now. Just to think. After all these years, never appreciated what a fine little woman I had. Never knowed what a good housekeeper she was till I started staying over at your place. Well, don't sit there and blubber about it. That ain't going to help none. Oh, Just man. let me get caught up with her matrimonial mail here, and I'll sit down with you, and we'll study up some way to get you out of it. Well, now, Lonnie's bound to be a way to make Elizabeth listen to it. The only trouble, if we get you out of this scrape, she's going to be mad all over again when she finds out that Squire Skimp beat us out of the store here. Oh, yeah, she's going high in a kite when she hears that. Pearl called out here yesterday for some groceries, so... I know that she don't know nothing about it yet. No. Well, Elizabeth wants to come in here and find these shelves all empty. She'd just about pull this place down on top of them. Well, they ain't plumb empty. I know the squire left little stuff scattered around. No, little Stuff they couldn't sell, I reckon. Yeah, more Two or three bottles of pepper sauce up there, I noticed. Whole bowls of cheesecloth back in behind the counter there. Yeah, there's a little stuff. Never left anything in the counter. Wait a minute. Huh? Here comes Cedric Weehunt. Well. Yeah, first time I saw him, quite a spare. Oh, uh, he's been bucking slabs down at the sawmill, I think. Yeah, I bet he found out by now that what an easy job he had when he was working down here for a... <laughs> Well, come in, Cedric. Yeah, come in here, Cedric. You're sort of a stranger around here. <laughs> yes, Bob. I've been working pretty steady. Ain't had no time off to loaf, hardly. <laughs> hey, you ain't been fired, have you, Cedric? No, they just laid us off for a few days. Skidway's empty down there at the mill, and the weather's been so bad they couldn't get no logs in, so they just shut down till they get catched up. Uh-huh. Well, draw up a chair and sit down there, Cedric. Excuse me while I go ahead here. I've got to answer this mail. Uh, anything uh, particular she's wanting, Cedric? Well, I uh, just sort of wanted to talk to you fellas, sort of. Well? I heard you'd run the matrimonial bureau over here and sort of solving domestic problems for folks. Well, we are, Cedric, but <laughs> Lord me, undoubtedly, you ain't got no domestic problems. You ain't married. No, but me and uh, Gertrude Seastrunk fell out with one another, and I just thought maybe you fellas could give me some advice. Well, I don't know, Cedric. We'll help if we can, I'll tell you that. Well, well, what would you do, Mr. Abner, if you and Mrs. Peabody was having trouble? I don't know. It's just what I've been sitting here thinking about for a week, Cedric. Uh, are you and Mrs. Peabody having family troubles with one another? Well, I don't make no mention of it, Cedric, uh, but we ain't getting along as well as we could. Uh, you ain't even on separating her, are you? Giving her a quitting? Oh, that. no, no, nothing as bad as that. It's just a misunderstanding. She just won't give me a chance to explain to her. Won't let me come on the place. You mean she won't even let you come home? No, no, she's acting awful mean about it. <laughs> I bet if you was to have an automobile accident and got yourself all crippled up, she'd have her regrets over treating you this way. Yeah. <laughs> Be shamed the way she treated you. Yeah, she might, Cedric. I don't know. What did you say, Cedric? Say that again. Well, I, I never meant no harm by it, Mr. Lum. I, I just said if Mr. Abner here was to have an automobile wreck and get himself hurt, uh, Miss Peabody would feel sorry about the way she done him, I bet you. Hey, Granny, that's an idea. That's an idea. That's just what I've been looking for. Abner, you're going to have an automobile wreck. Huh? You're going to have an automobile wreck. Oh, my goodness. How can you tell that? And you're going to have an arm broke. Are you telling my fortune? No. Well, that's what's going to happen to you anyway. You're going to have a bad accident this afternoon. Oh, my goodness. Right on top of all my other troubles, something like this has got to happen. Where is it going to take place, Mom? Right here, now. 
Well, I can't have no automobile wreck sitting here in a store. Well, you are going to anyway. You've got to. It's the only way to get Elizabeth in a good humor with you, Abner. Well, oh, me, I'd, I'd love to make up with her, Lom, but I, I don't want to break an arm to do it. My granny's might be best to break both arms. Oh, my goodness, Lom, oh, me. See, here's my idea, Abner. We're just going to make out like you've had an accident. We'll take and wrap your arms up with some bandages and all that stuff and carry you over to the house and <laughs> tell Elizabeth you'd run over by a car. <laughs> oh, I just make out like my, I, I got my arm broke, huh? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can explain everything to her. You know she ain't going to hit you if both your arms broke. No, I... Don't believe she will. Yeah, we'll have you looking like a freight train hit you. <laughs> if this won't teach Elizabeth a lesson, <laughs> it'll catch her sympathy like nothing else will. Yeah, it will too. If it won't, it won't nothing do it. No. Uh, Cedric, look over there behind the counter and bring me that bowl of cheese call. Abner, get some of them box lids we split up for kindling wood. They'll make good splints for your arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it, Cedric. Bring it here. I know you. This might work all right, Mom. You know what? Of course it'll work. <laughs> Roll up your sleeve there. Better get up here on the counter and lay down. Yeah, yeah, come on. Frankie, wait a minute. I've got a bottle of cure comb here in my desk drawer. <laughs> we can pour that over them bandages so it'll look like you're bad hurt. Hey, Dogan, I did have an accident, didn't I? <laughs> oh, that car just kept running on <laughs> Don't you never say nothing about this, Cedric. You neither, Abner. We don't want nobody but us three to know anything about it. Oh, no, sir. If you ever tell this, Cedric, I'll lock you up in jail and throw the key away. Well, I ain't going to say nothing about it. That's the way. Uh, Cedric, you start roughing up Abner's arm there while I telephone up Lizbeth and break the sad news to her. <laughs> hey, uh, wait a minute here, Cedric. Uh, put them boards all around my arm here first, you know, and then lock the cheesecloth around them there. Oh, I see. I'll fix them. Both arms, huh? Yeah, both of them, yeah. Here, Abner. Huh? Yeah, you go here close to the telephone and uh, tell Elizabeth that you've been calling for her. <laughs> then while I'm talking to her, you can holler her name out two or three times. <laughs> what for? Wait a minute. Uh, hello? Elizabeth? This here's Lum Edders. That's the way, Cedric. Well, now, wait a minute, Elizabeth. Before you start in on that, I, I've got some uh, awful sad news for you. Awful sad. Yes, Mom. Well, it's about Abner. Why, he's been run over by an automobile. Yeah, two or three of them. Well, we don't know how bad he's hurt. No. So far, we've found two broke arms, and he's hurt internal. It's the working Abner. <laughs> Tell her I ain't come to myself yet, Mom. He said, uh, oh, shut up, Abner. Uh, he ain't come to himself yet, Elizabeth, but he keeps calling your name. Calling for you. Oh, Elizabeth! Well, now, I wouldn't take it too hard, Elizabeth. He might pull through the shatters. Huh? No, don't come over here. We're just fixing to bring him over there. Get the bed ready and we'll be right. Well, it's a great idea. If it works. <laughs> and now, let's listen just a minute to Jane Taylor and her friend Ruth Nichols. Here they are. Ruth, I've just discovered the best reducing plan. I know, you told me all about it. Well, I couldn't have. I just found out about it week before last. I haven't seen you for a month. Well, you were telling me all about that day that we had lunch with, with Helen Powers. Oh, you mean that one. Oh, that was a farce. A farce? Yes, I wore myself out in two days with all that crazy exercise. <laughs> just as I told you you would. Why don't you be sensible, Jane? I much prefer carrying a few extra pounds to killing myself trying to act like a chimpanzee. <laughs> oh, you don't have to act like a chimpanzee. Not with this new reducing plan. You don't have to exercise at all, in fact. Jane, you haven't taken anything that might might hurt you, have you? I'd see my doctor before I tried any of those things. Don't be silly. I'm not being silly, but some of those things are harmful. Oh, let me tell you what I've done. Today and every day last week, I drank a glass of Horlick's malted milk at noon. Will that kill me these days? Horlicks? Well, of course it won't, but I don't see how... I drink a glass of Horlicks instead of eating a heavy luncheon. 
Horlicks is nourishing and sustaining, but it doesn't have an excess of calories like a heavy meal. That's how Horlicks at noon helps reduce, re- reduce you. It's really effective, Ruth. I lost two pounds last week. The very first week I tried it. Well, say, that's the most sensible reducing plan I've ever heard of. That glass of Horlicks for lunch sounds awfully good to me. I guess I'll try the Horlicks reducing plan, too. Oh, good. My figure could stand a little uh, trimming. <laughs> and a glass of Horlicks instead of a heavy meal at noon is a mighty fine reducing plan. One that will help you overweight people, regain a youthful waistline. Now you can make a glass of Horlicks quickly and easily, either at home or at work. Horlicks, you know, is a delicious, full-flavored drink when mixed with water alone. It isn't necessary to add any flavoring or even milk. You can get Horlicks malted milk in either natural or chocolate flavor at your druggist. This is Carlson Bricker speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlicks, who now bid you all good night and good health. Well, folks, that's it, but that's not the end of the, I mean, it goes on. There are more episodes to it. I'm sorry, I can't get, I can't get Horton's Arrives Tomorrow or whatever done in time, so we can't play it. Mm. Sorry well, about that. Yeah, uh, but it's funny, it played in Winamp, but go figure. No, no, there is a gap. I don't know. For some reason, there's a gap in there. Well, I'm sure I played it. Or maybe I just got ahead of myself and thought I did. But anyway. uh, Well, you are old. (laughs) Shut your mouth. (laughs) See, that's why I have a dead boyfriend like Jack Benny. Because it's it's these live ones you got to worry about. They don't. Oh, shit. But these dead ones, they don't hurt you. They just, they're just there. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, folks, I've enjoyed it. And I hope you have too. And uh, let me know if you want to do, if you want to hear more of these. Because there are more, more of these episodes dealing with his broken arm and... Uh, him trying to get Elizabeth back and all that kind of thing. It, I think it, it kind Something of backfires. Like Thousand episodes, isn't it? Yeah, I've got a bunch of them, but I don't have them all. And um, so, anyway, but if you want more of them, um, I'll get them. Uh, just, just let us know. Uh, Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday at Gmail dot com. And until next week, I'm planning on doing Life with Luigi. I think that's a cute little show. <laughs> it's about this little guy, and he, he comes to America. He wants to be in America, but when he gets 
over here. He just don't understand Americans at all. <laughs> Looking for that American dream. <laughs> and, Aren't we uh, all? Hey, well, I don't I think to, we can with Trumps in the world. I, I'm not. I'm not looking for an American dream, but um, anyway, I'll just have to let that go. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Victor, for getting us through all this. Well, and I'm sorry I couldn't do it all. We 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 love you, and we don't. I couldn't have done it without you. At least not on this computer. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys take care. And uh, remember comments, suggestions. Uh, we'll be glad to have them. And I guess that's it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody.